five, six, seven, eight. Welcome to Both Down 139, the number one Blood Bowl podcast from Cuba, Missouri. Ooh, I guess Cuba, in, in Cuba, Missouri. We're not from there. I mean, we could be. But we're not. If we, if we move there. Welcome, everybody. This is actually also our Chaos Cup special episode. Yes, we started wrapping these Chaos Cup episodes into our numbers just because it would make it easier for us. So welcome to Both Town 139 Chaos Cup special. Is that what we called it in the past? Sure. Yeah, we'll go with oh. that. I'm Scott Prime, and this is Steve Kilwoggy. How's it going, Scott? The ref, Campbell. Oh, okay, new add-on to my name. Yeah, Kilwoggy the ref. Refiwoggy. Refiwoggy. When a player has a problem with the rules, roll a d6, <laughs> and on a zero, Kilwoggy actually knows the rules without consulting the rulebook. I did oh. have to consult the rulebook a couple of times. I mean, it's just. <laughs> It's going to be how I would it is. Too. But anyways, how are you doing? <sighs> I am good. If we were recording this the week of returning from Chaos Cup, I would have told you I'm exhausted. I legit think it took me a whole week to recover yeah. from that. I'm sure it did because we tried to record and it didn't happen. <laughs> On either side, too. I mean, I started a new job, all kinds of BS. I got sick coming back from Chaos Cup, so I don't know if that had anything to do with it. So you're saying you got all of us sick? I didn't get all of us sick. I got sick from someone there, I think. Oh, was it the dude you were making out with? Probably not. I no. don't know. I mean, he looked clean, so I don't think he would have done that to you. Yeah, I mean, he's been on the streets for a while, but not that long. I mean, he's Chicago clean. <laughs> God. That's probably a thing. <laughs> it probably is. Look it up on Urban Dictionary. It'll, it'll read off something really uh, horrible. And anyways, moving on. Moving on. So, on. so are we ready to recap this uh, wonderful trip day by day? Has there been anything Blood Bowl related since we came back that we haven't discussed? That's it. We talked about Amazon's last episode. Yeah, they're out now. I did see another company making new Amazon figures that look amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Not to, uh, you know, bash the GW ones, but then this other company, I can't remember the company's name. Please forgive me, but they really incorporated like was it Punga? the Jaguar War. I don't remember. Like the Jaguar Warrior and stuff like that yeah. into the models. And it looked really cool. And believe it or not, they were beautiful models that had both feet <laughs> on the ground uh, in a pose that looked like they were playing a sport. It's crazy. Yeah. You you it your two footed elitism. <laughs> yeah, I sure am. I'm better than the five-toe elitism of, like, just putting them on their tippy-toes. You're darn right. Or in a blade of grass. There was a person who... Oh, man, here we go. Tangent before we ever get to the long episode of going through Chaos Cup. There, I think it was Darren Pretty? P-R-I-D-D-Y? Yeah. I think it was him who posted a picture of his 
new Amazons and he was taking some little rocks and stuff and putting things underneath the like the people's feet and stuff to make them more stable. If you go to the Blood Bowl community page on Facebook and think search him, you might be able to find those pictures. I thought it was a pretty good solution for some of those models that are just you know, on their tiptoes, leaping in the air and stuff. It gave them just more stability. Now, it looked like they were playing in Rocky Mountains, but that's okay, too. You could write that into your fluff. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, yours were from, like, the volcano, right? Ashfall. Yeah, Ashfall Scorchers. So, anyways, I thought that was kind of neat, and it kind of gave me a different perspective, although I don't want to put rocks underneath all my, you know, characters' feet just to keep them Grounded, on the base. Literally. Yeah. But I'm pumped. Yeah, for real. Um, nothing else news-wise. Yeah, we're supposed I mean, to be starting a Dungeon Bowl League shortly. So, next weekend, I think? Uh, that is the rough plan, okay. yes. Uh, we have no idea if we're going to... There's six teams. We don't know if we're going to do just round-robin and some playoffs. So, if we're going to go two rounds of round-robin and playoffs, that hasn't been decided 100% yet. And, uh, but it'll probably be the shorter of the two, just because... Yeah. We're just doing this to try it out and see what it's like. Which reminds me, I really need to go back and absorb the rules for Dungeon Bowl for all the special uh, rooms and stuff like that. Yeah, but, exactly. Oh, and a not... um, few weeks away from the Open still. I'm sure it still has spots open. Yeah, last time I talked to Mr. James Luft, he thought, this is not confirmed, he thought there was 40 spots taken. So that leaves... 20 plus spots open still good yeah. so get out there um most you know, likely i will sign not up, be attending so if you sign up you get to get a supposedly a neoprene pitch that has like you know like the hey we're here at kansas city open type logo or something on that so it should be some cool swag so just remember that i i get it i've heard <laughs> I've heard a lot of people say it's too far of a drive right after Chaos Cup. I've heard some people say the price tag of $75 is too much. Mm -hmm. And I've heard the, like, I want to use my models, not 100% GW models. And some um, harsher for, things against GW as well, because people just have their opinions. Well, I mean, it is what it is. Just, yeah, of course. Um, anyways. Okay. I think that... The plan is, is we're still going, and yeah. who knows? I, you and Jen, Michael Lewis, Gary Brown. Uh, me and Jen are going on Thursday. Gary's going to go, I guess, Friday morning, and Michael Lewis is meeting us up there. And if for some reason you change your mind, you're welcome to come up, and we got an Airbnb that can hold you if need to. And um, Well, it's more of the finding a way up problem. <laughs> I, I got you. When I have to work that Friday, and everyone else is leaving earlier day prior, is Matt still going? Yeah, he, Matt's going up on Thursday and staying with a friend. Yeah, he's staying with some friends. Um, I think I might make Jen drive with her new car. So Yeah, you should. Yeah, Jen got a new car. So Yeah, go fancy all Put the way some miles there. on it. <laughs> um, that's the only thing I can think of. So I think it's time to talk about some Chaos Cup and see what happened on our, our road trip. Okay, we'll be right back with Thursday morning. Thursday. 
For her first number, Miss Roxy Hart would like to sing a song of love and devotion dedicated to her dear husband, Amos. All right, so we're back. It's Thursday morning. I don't know about you guys, but these stupid big Blood Bowl trips like up to Chicago make me nervous and giddy like <laughs> uh, a kid at Christmas. Yeah. And <laughs> I I went into work on Wednesday. All I had to do is get through the day. I I went home. They they had extra people. I said I'll go home. I came home, started packing my bags, thinking about the trip, getting excited about the trip, even got mad about the trip because I'm like, these trips are going to be over before we, even, you know, I'm going to get there and then it's going to be over. I'm going to be mad. I'm going to, it's going to suck. The ride back's going to suck. And oh, I hate this. It's only, we're only leaving for like four or five days, <laughs> you know, and I have to remind myself to relax. I was looking forward to it. So I don't know what all you're talking about. I was looking forward to it. I was just mad that it was going to go by so quick. Oh, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you get caught in the moment. You feel like you don't hang out with people and stuff like that. So That never changes. Um, I didn't, yeah. I didn't sleep well at all uh, Wednesday night because I was overly excited. We got up super early. Um, did we leave about 6.30 in the morning? I think the plan was to, yeah. So Matt got there okay. exactly at 6.30. We finished loading up your car, and then we headed over to Gary's. We drove over to Gary's. We loaded up Gary's car. We went and got some breakfast at Chick Fil A. Um, Gary was uh, served. By him. He was. Yeah. What's that? We got to meet the nicest old lady in the world. Yeah, she was. I can't remember her name. It's something weird, like Demetra or something. I don't know. I don't she so. was so nice. You wanted to stab her in the face. <laughs> it's like, lady, it's morning. Could we just not be this cheerful? <laughs> no, come on up, sugar. What do you need? She was honestly like uh, annoyingly nice and not in a genuine way. I'm pretty sure it was like all super fake. So, yeah, we got a kick out of that. And she knew Gary by name because that's the Chick-fil-A he, he orders like food through with his uh, job. Oh, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I probably shouldn't say more than that in case she somehow wanders on this podcast. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, had breakfast, hit the road. Um, it was about what? four or five hours before we got finally out of Oklahoma. Yeah, it always takes it, a while. It felt like a trip once we got out of Oklahoma. So I was <laughs> happy to get into Missouri. I don't know why Missouri is such a pleasant state to look through. I think it's probably just because I've lived in Oklahoma my whole life. And well, just yeah, and also the sick. moment we get into Missouri, the topo- topography changes. You actually have mountains, you know. Yeah, it's weird how it feels like you cross the state line and it's, you know, like uh, the color on the map changing from, you know, oh, this state's pink and now we're going into an orange state. <laughs> uh, just how everything changes. But yeah, it was greener and everything else. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, we kept traveling until our goal was to get to Cuba, Missouri to eat at Missouri Hicks Barbecue, which has kind of been a semi-tradition mm-hmm. f- since at least for eight years or so. 
of traveling up to Casca once we discovered it. That's where the hot dog guy lived. Yep. That me and Steve used to take pictures of until he met his demise. Yeah, it still sucks. Um, the food at times is hit and miss, <laughs> as Steve can attest to. We, we stopped, <laughs> and Steve's only goal was to order something that was well in stock on the menu. The last time I went there, either the last time or the time prior, but either way, within two times of my previous attempts, um, I went, and I'm like, I want turkey. I'm like, oh, we don't have turkey. It's sold out. Ah, damn it. Well, how about the ribs? Oh, the ribs are sold out. I'm sorry. Well, what else is sold out? She told me like a couple other things. I'm like, well, that was my backup plan. So I ended up getting whatever. And then that was, you know, funny to everybody. And then dessert comes around. She goes, you guys want dessert? I go, I would really like the apple cobbler. I had it last time and it was amazing. Oh, I'm sorry, sweetie. We don't have that today. I'm like what? What the so hell is going goes- on? As long as I don't get that, we'll be okay. Yeah. So and we, we sit down, and she asks me first, like, what I want to order. And I go, yeah, I like the turkey. Oh, I'm sorry. We're out of turkey. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> and we chuckled and laughed, and <laughs> it, just, it was just funny. I ended up getting a chicken sandwich because it said um, moist roast chicken sandwich. And I'm like, last time I had a roast chicken, it was really good. I'll try that. And then we all ordered, but Gary got some appetizer. Dude, so he got some, like, pulled pork nachos or something like this. Mm-hmm. They were amazing. Now, it could be that we were all starving by this time, because it was one thirty, two o'clock in the afternoon, whatever. It was delicious. We gobbled that down. We all got our food, and our food was disappointing compared to the appetizer, just because the appetizer was so good. So mm-hmm. I highly recommend, I don't know if they're called redneck nachos or what, but they are delicious. Yeah, it was really, really good. And then our meals came, and I couldn't even eat mine. It was so dry. It was so bad. Yeah, y- y'all all got sandwiches. I got this big old mashed potato bowl that was just chucked full of meat and bacon and cheese and gravy. It was pretty good. Um. Then they were out of sauce. I just wanted to buy some barbecue sauces, but the mm-hmm. one my kids liked the most, they were out, and I was, and I was sad. So, oh well, enough of that. Then we hit the road. We got to, was it Bloomington? Yeah, Illinois mm-hmm. is where we went, and we got a hotel. Did we eat that night? Yeah, we we did. went to Culver's. Yeah. That's right. Steve wanted to. Was it you that suggested it? We were trying to find a place near the hotel because Gary had gotten a hotel. And, and I was stuffed still, so I didn't care. None of us were super hungry, even though we didn't eat a whole lot. It was kind of odd. Um, but we're looking at like, well, why don't we just get like dessert or like there's a steak and shake. We can get a shake. And as Gary was pulling off, I'm like, there's a Culver's over there. Let's go there. Now, the only reason that matters is... I grew up and have watched Cubs games forever. Cubs, Chicago, Chicago advertisements. They advertise Culver's a lot. So I've never been to a Culver's. And it's basically just a slightly more upscale fast food place that has ice cream. So I was excited to try it. And I get there and we order whatever. And they're supposed to have these butter burgers. They're supposed to be really good. Ultimately, very much a letdown. It was not great. 
the best thing, I mean, it was just average. Um, the best thing, I guess, Scott got, what, pretzels? I got some pretzel bites. They were really good. I just knew if I didn't get anything, we'd get back to the hotel and I'd be like, I'm hungry and nobody would want to leave. So oh, yeah. Like, then basically, yeah, we got to the hotel, played a little bit of Magic the Gathering with whatever type of decks those are. Yeah, we did the, um, oh, what are they called? Jumpstart? You, you buy two uh, jumpstarts decks okay. where you buy two packs and they come with like a half a deck in each side of, you know, hopefully you get two different colors. You put them together and you shuffle them up and you play. Um, it wasn't bad, but definitely need to make sure that you and your opponent are not playing the, the same color because I think that limits the fun. Yeah, because, yeah, I think like me and you had some of the same colors and like 95% of our cards were exactly the same except mm -hmm. for just a few. So, like, yeah, I think the, just the one. Rares, yeah. Well, well, yeah, maybe in our case that's the case. Um, so, we, we played some magic. We found out that like Matt is. Not a casual magic player. He's serious when he plays some <laughs> magic, which was cracking us up because we've never seen that side of Matt before. And then we find out that like Matt goes to tournaments and stuff like that. So he's a gamer. Just I mean, Matt just likes known. to travel. Yeah. Uh, we got some sleep that night. I can't remember what time we got up the next day. To be honest, um, it was about eight, seven, nine. eight. Yeah. Went down to the free breakfast, like, oh, sweet, free breakfast, and everything there was garbage. Yeah, being Gary chose not to do that. Even free, it was like, this isn't worth it. Is that where we went to a Chick-fil-A, or is it? No. That was on the way back. That was on the way back. Oh, we, we forgot we... to talk about our gas station hits. Uh, yeah, that's true. Go for it. Well, um, in in Missouri, we hit... Um, I, I don't can't remember what that remember. gas called. It's such a generic name. It's like Super 44 or whatever. I don't know. Giant gas station. Um, so big. Like, we've talked about Bucky's before. But Bucky's is all gas station and all, like, groceries and gifts and stuff. This place had that, but it also had half the facility was a trucker stop where you had yeah. you could buy full-on trucker accessories, take showers, like, do laundry. Tools. Yeah. They had a custom print shop. Like, legit with direct-to-garment printers, um, the uh, screen, not screen printing, but the other one, sublimation. They had an embroider machine for hats. Like, in the middle of this place was just that. And, like, five food places at a food court. It was a lot. Yeah. Um I bought a three-foot-long piece of beef jerky that was branded. <laughs> you did. That was the highlight. That's why I wanted to bring it up. It was a. Uh, oh. It was interesting too because it's like this super long piece of super thin beef jerky. Tasted really good. I was uh, to say it was pretty dang good. Yeah, it was cheap. It was like six, seven bucks. Somewhere in there, I got some orange slices, and you uh, guys were like bubbles, saying like. Those are old people candy, and you wouldn't eat them. No, we all tried it, and we all spit it out. No, well, except I mean, Matt. Matt yeah, ate but it. You, didn't, you didn't give it enough chance. You should have <sighs> chewed it up. It's <laughs> no. it like down. you're getting it assaulted by some guy named Bubba, and you're like, you're not giving it a chance. No, I'm good. <laughs> I know what I like, and I know what I don't like. Please put your pants back on. So Friday morning, we 
get up. Y'all had breakfast downstairs. No, I know me. I wouldn't call it that. Breakfast. We had breakfast, but I don't know where. It's maybe a McDonald's or something like that. Yeah, I think we just drove through McDonald's or something. Um, nothing super exciting. No, and then did we just drive straight to Chicago at that point? Pretty much, aside from other gas stations. Yeah, we drove to Chicago. Did we check in first or go eat pizza? No, we went to eat pizza at Giordano's first. Uh, it was a little bit before we could check in. Went to That's the one right, right in Rosemont, right by the hotel. And we got we were there at lunchtime, so we were able to order off the lunch menu. So each one of us got a personal pizza, except you, who wanted your own large, giant barbecue pizza. My friend, I got a medium pizza, which was too much, uh, but I got a barbecue one. So I wouldn't die later. Yeah, that's smart. Uh, Because me and pizza sauce are arch enemies. And uh, it was delicious. And I saved the rest of it. And I had most of it. I I got two meals out of it. So I was perfectly fine with that. Yeah. Um, It was Matt's first time having Chicago food. So he enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. And I think I just have to finally admit I'm over Chicago pizza. Deep dish. Wow. I I just don't care. It's fine. But life has no longer meaning for Steve. Yeah, kinda. Like See? I I prefer like the best pizza I've had in Chicago was one time after the wrestling thing when we ordered like some random big ass pepperoni pizza that was super thin and greasy as heck and it was great. Okay. But, yeah, I'm just... And, again, it's not bad. It might be better if it was a regular-sized pizza or something, but... And the price is what it... It might be better if y'all got, like, barbecue pizza with, like, you know, chicken, bacon, jalapenos, pineapples, and black olives. Aside from the pineapple, I probably would enjoy that. (laughs) I got some type of concoction like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, But it's still good. Just, I don't... It's not something I seek out anymore. I got you. I disagree. I think uh, visiting Chicago, I'd always want to eat that pizza, and I'm very happy I I got to partake in it, and I would do it again if in Chicago. Oh, I now will, I will do it. It's I just not something I, I seek I'm out. I'm sure if I lived there, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. No, of course not. So, okay. see, after that, uh, we went to the hotel, right? Checked in? Yeah, uh, no, that's actually not true. We yeah, we yes, hit a comic we, store. No, we um, we did go to Overwise. I'm sorry. Oh. We went to the hotel. We checked in. We then Gary. I think this is when Gary realized he doesn't have a left his charger in the hotel mm-hmm. that we stayed with the night before. This is a common theme with Gary, and these last few like road trips I've taken with him and Rob, and now this. Um, so, yeah, he likes to leave a little souvenir behind. <laughs> um, so we went to an Oberweiss first to share that with Matt. Um, this Oberweiss was the same one me and Gary went to years ago. And I don't know if, like, it was because of COVID or what, or maybe it's just a bad time of day. It wasn't busy at all, and it didn't seem like they had all their flavors. And No, it was not. What I got and ordered was amazing and delicious, and I would eat it again. But I know, like, you weren't so satisfied with your food. Definitely not. 
And so. honestly, mine was good. It's just the problem came in the fact that I had... They didn't have a whole lot of options to begin with. Because I was looking at it, and I'm like, it's just not that many options here. What's going on? And then I'm like, okay, they got this new one that is... Um, what was it? S'mores. S'mores. Yeah. I'm like, okay, s'mores sounds interesting. You know, it's got chocolate. It's got um, graham cracker. It's going to have uh, some uh, marshmallow. It had nothing of that. It was just chocolate ice cream with chocolate chips or chunks. Maybe he gave you the ring wrong thing. I don't know. And it was it tasted fine, but it I definitely didn't need the the cone or the bowl. I forgot that was extra, so it was like three bucks for something I didn't care about. Well, again, my food was amazing, and I would have been fine going every day back to it. Yeah, I would have been too. Um, <laughs> it is in, we were in Park Ridge. That's right. Park Ridge, Illinois, which was not yeah. real far from our hotel at all. No, it's funny because uh, Phil, we posted some photos, and Phil's like, where are you guys at? I go, I have no clue. He goes, you have no idea where you're at? I go, no, I, I literally don't. <laughs> well, I documented some of it on Facebook, so that's what I'm kind of referencing as we talk about our story. Yeah. Shout um, out to as, Phil, by the way. By, he's recovering from surgery right now. Seems to be doing fine. Oh, that's good to know. So he had, like, major surgery, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Won't get into the details since it's not ours to say, but, yeah. Well, everybody, every now and then... I, I look, I understand, Phil. I had to get some of my penis removed too, so people could enjoy it. So sometimes having a big penis. Well, and also you let other people enjoy it when you can donate it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if that was about the scrotum, that'd be pretty much dead <laughs> for real. Dude, if they could make any use out of the scrotum, there'd be so many old people donating. Yeah, I got miles and miles of that. You want right. to solve the Medicare crisis? There you go. <laughs> uh, we walk down to a place where Gary can get a charger, and instead of following him all the way there, we saw this. I don't know how to describe this shop, and I don't know what it's called, but it is in Park Ridge, Illinois. Let me look it's... real quick and see if I can find the name of it. American Science and Surplus. Okay, there you go. American Science and Surplus. Uh, we went into the store. It had an overabundance of probably stuff that they bought out from other places to resell in here. Um, there was little vials for, like, medical supplies. There was tubing of medical supplies. There was all sorts of circuits that probably in 1990 was amazing little circuitry and stuff that you could, like, light up something and use with models or whatever there was stuff everywhere there was an abundance of military hats we found some serbian um you know army hats and some all berets. sorts of berets other military like hats that me and gary put on and if you follow me on facebook we put them on and then we found some sailor hats and this one fit my head really good. And I was like, this is really silly. I kind of want this sailor hat, even though I look like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. 
Um, I was like, maybe I should buy this. And the more and more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, I might buy this. And then we ran into the monkey that held an hourglass of sand. Like a time dial or whatever mm-hmm. the thing's called. Hourglass. Hourglass, okay. I guess technically well, a I... sand dial since it didn't ha- it didn't go to an hour, but whatever. That's true. This little monkey is in a tuxedo. And I was like, well, if I'm getting the monkey, I'm getting the hat. So I bought a sailor hat and the monkey, even though I didn't need them. And I left the store. And as I'm walking out, I was like, I should get Brownstone. Michael Lewis, one of these sailor hats. And Steve goes, you know he'd wear it with you. Well, you tried to talk Gary into getting one and wearing it. Yeah, I did. He had nothing to do with it. Nah, he wanted his ball cap. And I was like, I should get one for Michael. And you were like, you know he would wear it. And then I went right back in and bought a sailor hat for Michael Lewis. <laughs> so, if you were at Chaos Cup, you would know that I was dressed as a state bus marshmallow prime all weekend. Because <laughs> uh, I wore that hat nonstop all weekend, mm-hmm. including Friday. So uh, It did look funny. good, though. It was funny because you want to find out who was in the Navy? Wear a sailor navy hat, and people come up to you and go, "So what's the deal with the hat?" Uh, plenty of people, including Ken Washington and stuff, they came up to me, asked about it, and I was like, "Well, I just found the hat." I, I was almost scared, like, "Are these guys going to beat me up?" Because I'm impersonating, you know, I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't start in the military, and I'm not trying to like make fun or nothing. I just thought it was cool. You got some false valor on your hands, boy. <laughs> exactly. And then uh, some people told me, like, the proper way to wear it and stuff like that. So it was kind of cool, actually. Um, what else did we do Friday night? You started helping with Chaos Cup, if I remember. Some, yeah. I got uh, checked in with Jeff Rowe and see, saw what needed to be set up and get ready for the next day. Uh, we also rested and met up with some people. and That's true. Um, did we go well, to we- a comic store? that day or was that we had in, to have right because we didn't do it saturday or sunday we went to one on sunday yeah we must have we must have went to one on friday as well yeah. yes we did that's yeah. where you found your shadow books yeah we went to and just it was one of the things i think it was like six miles away and gary's like well it says it takes 25 minutes to get there but it's only six miles away that doesn't seem right and then he drove and hit every stoplight and everything. And he's like, oh, now I get it. Right. Yeah, it was, um, I can't remember the name of it. But it was just like some, just, you know. I know we've said this before. I say it a lot. But it's like a movie because we don't live in this world where we have these little town suburbs and stuff. You know, if we no. want to go somewhere, we have to get in a car and drive. And it's like even to the grocery store. we got to get to the car, go to the grocery store. So right. this is a small community, just has this hole-in-the-wall comic book shop that was like a real old-school comic book shop. Had tons of old issues, had tons of toys. Yeah, I bought a good $40, $50 worth of stuff. You bought some, they had some old shadow books. Yeah, I wasn't really like looking novels. to buy anything, but they had some the shadow novels, and I've always liked the shadow, and I've never read any of the novels. So it was the old 60s and 70s books, and they had a wire rack, and they had them on there, and they were $2 each. And I'm like, oh, that's that's well worth the price. 
So I grab them, and there's a couple others that don't have a price, and there's a couple others in bags. And I go to check out, and the guy's like, I have got these others in the case if you're interested. I go, sure. And he brings them up. There's like a stack of like 25 or something. He goes, I think there's some duplicates. So I went through and took out all the duplicates. And again, I haven't read a single novel. I don't know which ones are good, which ones are worth getting. They have really cool covers. That's a lot of it. Any of these old, you know, novels or pulp novels have interesting covers. And no shade on the store, but it didn't look like they had a giant clientele. So I was like, well, how much are you asking on these? He's like, uh, three bucks a piece, except a couple or four or whatever. And then I realized a couple of the ones that I had in my stack were $4. I'm like, I'm not really looking to pay four bucks for a book. I made him an offer. I'm like, hey, I'll take all of these for two bucks a piece if you do that. And he did the whole, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. So I got like 15 novels of The Shadow. But for 30 bucks, couldn't go wrong. Yeah, that's good. But yeah. I just hope you read some of them. Like, for real, because I'm curious like how they are. Oh, as too. soon as you saw those, I thought of Pete Nifton, because he would have probably loved those. Mm -hmm. And I remember Pete, I swear at some point we talked about uh, Doc Savage yeah, as a pulp hero and stuff. Well, I found the old Marvel magazines of Doc, Doc Savage. They had, they weren't they weren't in great shape at all, but they were only like four bucks and stuff each. And when I get to go out of town, <laughs> it's like instead of you know me buying the even though I bought the silly monkey, but instead of me buying like the Magnet of Florida when I go to Florida, when I go to these comic shops, I go, oh, what the hell? You only live once, and I buy stuff that I don't see around here. Yeah, exactly. So I bought like issues one, maybe one, two, three, and five, or maybe one, two four and five of the of this Doc Savage magazine. Because um, I thought these would be fun just to kind of look through, read read a few stories, and just, I don't know. I, I like doing that with some old comics. So I guess it's true. I truly, truly love comics. Mm -hmm. I'm stupid when it comes to that stuff. But um, So I found some things. I found a few little G.I. Joe books here and there. And some. I found a couple of, uh, I found some Strike Force Mortree comics I was looking for. Um, so yeah, I was. Uh, we were very pleased with what we found. I found also some Spider Ham things. So uh, we left happy, yeah. and then we went back to the hotel. Mm -hmm. That's when we kind of rested just a little bit. Then you were having to meet up with the gang, and then me and Gary rested until it was time to go play. Me, Gary, and Matt, I should say. I, uh, Did we do anything for dinner? You guys, I believe no gary and matt did they went to franny's oh that's right you ordered <laughs> so the nightmare of steve's miscommunication that goes all the way back from lubbock and not getting service continues on this trip mm -hmm. because i just decided i'm going to eat my leftover pizza because we don't have a fridge and stuff, so it's going to be bad by the next day, or bad enough for me not to eat it. Yeah, and they were going to go take off to this place I hadn't heard of, and they are going to check it out. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to go down, help out. You know, no big deal. But I would like a hot dog and food. fries. Right. They were supposed to bring you food back, which mm -hmm. they did. <laughs> they just didn't know you meant to... They thought you were coming back up to the room 
or something like that. I mean, you, I, would, I, I expected them to message me like, hey, we're back if I wasn't there. So I didn't think about it until it was like 11 o'clock or midnight or something. I saw Matt. And I go, <laughs> oh, hey, thanks for getting me a hot dog. He goes, well, it's in the room. I'm like, what? <laughs> Did you ever eat it? No. Why would I eat that? I mean, it's not that old. If you were hungry. It was like midnight. Yeah, they got it about 6.37. Right. Not going to do that. Yeah. If you're hungry enough, you would. I wasn't, so. (laughs) I was just annoyed. (laughs) Uh, I ate my pizza. Then we went downstairs. I ran into Duder. Got to see him, take a picture with him. I uh, got to see Charles and a bunch of other people that you know we know from the internet and just hanging out at these uh, Blood Bowl circles. It's like seeing old family. Um, Speaking of, see- just so you know, everyone out there, we love he- seeing you. We love hanging out with you. We wish we could hang out with... Like I told someone, I'm like, I wish I could just like take off a month or two and schedule a dinner with every single person. Just have time to hang out and say hi and get to you know really chat. But that would take forever. And we're going to forget people we talk to. We're going to forget names. We're going to forget, you know, something you gave us. More than likely, because there's a lot of people. And it's no slight on anybody. Just want to put that out there. Yeah. Um, besides, I don't really think people... I think they get enough of us just by saying, Hey, hey, hi guys. And then they move on. Some of them, they don't yeah. really hang out. I mean, they're like... Some of them latch yeah. on and go out to meals with us and think they're special too yeah some of them <laughs> think like fuck those guys so nah. I, I know how it happens uh, i got to see you know um aaron and like matt and vanderby and john stevens and all those guys are down there of course playing board games and stuff like that so that was cool uh, a lot of guys were gearing up to play their sevens death bowl tournament which I heard lasted forever, and I really don't even know who won. I just heard it lasted a very long time, and if you're not familiar with Death Bowl, that's four people on one like cross-looking field that's smaller where people can, you know, anybody can tackle anybody, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there's rules out there for that. Um, They got that started. Me, Gary... And Matt wandered over to the Chaos Race, which was being uh, put on by the guys from Slurpcast TV, formerly known as the Slurpcast Podcast, uh, over on YouTube, Brian Mitchell, uh, Johnny Pletus. And shockingly, there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Looks like 12 cars racing, which was way more people than he expected. And there were modified rules from the Speed Freak game. Johnny had this big old map set up. Again, I have pictures on my Facebook if you want to see all this. He had the models for the assassins that are hanging up in the buildings. And originally, we were supposed to do three laps of this race. This thing started at, I believe, 7.30, 8 o'clock. Um Grant was the very first one to go. There was quite a few people that's never played Speed Freaks. They just wanted to hang out and, you know, hang with everybody. Yeah. That's part of the reason we did it, too. Um, so Grant was the very first one to get to have a turn, and he's never played the game. 
and he rolled really, really bad for like how many spots he could move. <laughs> and he didn't know the rules or the setup or anything. So he just puts his car right there in the middle of the field, right at the <laughs> where the cars take off. So what I'm saying is, is he was in the way. Yeah. Big time. So everybody's <laughs> all 11 people after that had to move around him and everybody's being very ginger with their car because you can ram people and, you know, hit people and shoot them with guns. But we had to do three, three laps of this. So we wanted to make sure that we didn't take damage. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, about an hour and a half later, nobody is to the halfway point on the first lap (laughs) for real. It's just, I mean, everybody's talking and laughing and yeah everything unfortunately it's, with games like that it's they're great but when you get a ton of people and it just slows yeah. it down so much it does slow it down way much uh pat Wynn got to a big giant lead and i believe everybody when it became to the shooting phase decided to blow his ass up yeah um i only got a couple of turns myself in i think i was the second car to get destroyed maybe the third i was some cars when they get destroyed they can blow up and then do additional damage to everybody else mm-hmm. uh, my car got additional damage i i hit the rail because i did this brilliant move where my car like teleported and i flew over these people and i didn't have to worry about getting any damage to me but then my car spun out so i was turned around and i'm facing like nine cars coming head on at me and they they ran me they knocked me into some debris and my car actually not just gets destroyed it blows up so i took a lot of pride that we had our car blow up so the boat down car was totally destroyed we went out in style steve hey if you're gonna Uh, do it you might as well do it right by the time they hit the halfway point, I believe one car hit the halfway point. I believe it was Chris Ham's car um, in Canada. He he was at the halfway point, and all that was left was, I believe, four cars. God. I know Alex Mitchell blew up his dad's car, and Mr. Brian Mitchell was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Gary ended up coming in third overall. Uh, Alex Mitchell placed second, and Chris Ham um, was the winner. And I don't know if I mentioned it or not, but um, <laughs> when there was about four cars destroyed or whatever, it was very early on. I said, "This is just going to be one lap, right?" And they were like, "Yeah, we're just going to do one lap." <laughs> we finished up. I, I mean, by the time. I'm assuming they finished up about 20 minutes after we were done. And we finished up, I think, about 10, 10, 30-ish. So yeah. we played for a good two and a half, three hours <laughs> just to get that one lap. But Johnny had, again, amazing setup. There was a lot of kind of chaos because there was, you know, there was 12 of us playing. There was kids there. Um, there was probably at least 12 more people hanging out, drinking, and watching. So there was a lot of people there. But... um Again, got a lot of cool pictures, so if you are interested in that, you can go over to my Facebook and see the cool setup and everything. Um, we were actually scheduled to play Saturday night, but by the time it came time to everybody got food and stuff after Saturday, we just canceled the event. So Yeah. 
but it was okay. It was, it was awesome seeing Johnny and extreme and, you know, again, like you said, just seconds ago, you know, there's just not enough time to see the people you want to hang out with. I no, mean, I, like I saw both of them, but like anytime I saw them, they were pretty much busy with people or I was doing something. It was like, I never really actually got to chat with them or anything. Um, I did have the print that had the art by Robert Henry, um, the inks by me of the, um, I think it's the Silk Sea uh, Snakes, mm-hmm. which is the, the, the Kimry team that won an event that Dave Hanrath or Face Stomp uh, commissioned Robert for, and I told Robert to ink it with him. So we had some prints made up for like Chaos Cup. I believe there's like 10 of those left. So if anybody really wants one of those, you can still purchase those and, you know, get a hold of us through the podcast or whatever before they're gone. Um, Or find Scott Prime on Facebook. Yeah, either way. Let's see. Anything else for Friday night that we're forgetting? You. Not really. Like I said, I was up late. You were talking with people and stuff like that. I know you were up late, way later than us. Um, but we got to bed probably close to midnight. Um, the yeah. we talked about the next morning. Yeah, we oh, game you guys kicked morning. me out of my, kicked me out of the room. I paid for so that was fun. Yeah, we kicked Steve out of the room um, because Michael Lewis had some extra. He claimed <laughs> he claimed he thought he had an extra bed. Uh, he had a couch, so yeah. So Steve got, but you still got your own couch. You didn't have to sleep with me. I'm not, dis, I'm not just, dis, I mean, it's fine. It's just, I could have done that for free, but. <laughs> oh, you could have? I mean, I didn't, I, I I didn't Michael pay Michael. You a lot of, he might have, he I don't know. He probably wouldn't have. No, it was fine. Um, I guess Matt had mentioned that he would sleep on the couch. And I'm like, oh, I was going to sleep on the couch. <laughs> I know. He stole your, like, your routine is My you go to Yeah. That way I don't have to share a bed with anybody. And then I was like, you know, Michael probably has a couch. So he's like, yeah, come on over. So I stayed with Michael and his buddy. That's cool. Um, but aside from that, yeah, I think no, that was- there wasn't, I mean, there were, I got to, I got to bed like one, one thirty. It was late. Yeah. You got, you stayed up a lot long, longer than us. I know we game plan. Like we're going to get some McDonald's the next day. That was Gary nice. was going to get up early. Yeah. Gary, and I, but yeah. we can talk about that on Saturday's events. Fair enough. I yeah. think this would be a good place to kind of end it, unless you can think of anything else we might have done Friday that I cannot remember. No. All right, we'll, we'll be back with Saturday. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the keeper of the keys, the countess of the clink, the mistress of Murderer's Row, Matron Mama Morton. Ask any of the chickies in my pen They'll tell you I'm the biggest mother hen I love them all and all of them love me Because the system works, the system called Reciprocity Got a little motto Always sees me through 
So Saturday morning rolls around, and Gary was nice enough to go to McDonald's and pick us up breakfast, which was a lot cheaper than paying for what they had at the hotel. Nice of the hotel to offer. Um, they're just prices were just. Yeah, I mean, not, we, we're, not we'll me. talk about this here in a, a little bit when we talk about the actual cast cup rounds. But yeah, they had food, and their their food was good. It's just that, you know, you had to decide. I mean, for six bucks at McDonald's, or you can pay twelve bucks at the hotel. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so registration opened, and uh, I got that figured out the night before. You know, the order. So Phil was helping us out, or helping me out. And then Jack and Sean were there for Maelstrom. So if anyone had yeah. a pitch they were picking up, and then Mahler was there for NAF. So people came in, got their info, got their swag that they were supposed to get, got their shirts, got their pitch, got their NAF, and then walked out the door. Yeah, how early were you up, or how how early were you down there serving people? Um, so we decided registration didn't start until, I think, 8, if I remember correctly. Okay. But we opened about seven thirty, because you know Phil was going to be there, so we were basically just waiting for everybody to show up. Okay. And uh, once he got there, and we got Maelstrom in, and everybody was good to go, we just opened it up and said, "Hey, come on in." Oh, I will. I will say this about the uh, Friday night. Our buddy Spoon was maybe heavy into the spirits. And he was nice enough to purchase some ketchup chips for my oh, children. And bacon crackers and he, for me. He, he, I forgot this part of Friday night. He At the end of the night, he brought those over. Mm-hmm. And he gave it to us. And we joked around. And at one point, like him and Gary were slinging pillows at each other, being boys and everything. And then the next morning, we come down after eating our McDonald's and showering and all that stuff. We come down with our teams and we're in line to register and I see spoon. And I said, man, you really, I was teasing him, you know, like guys do. And I was like, man, you really picked up some good moves since you uh, become married. And he's like, what? And I said, yeah, that thing that you do with your mouth and blah, 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 you know, making jokes and he's like, dude, I remember everything from last night. And I said, you do? And he goes, yes, I remember everything. Don't joke around with me. Like, I don't, you know, don't remember things. And I said, okay, all right. And then he goes, and, and by the way, he goes, remind me, I got some chips in my hotel room for you. I need to bring by. <laughs> and his buddy, Chris, was there. Who ended up winning the you know the uh, the speed freaks thing the chaos race the night mm-hmm. before, and I said, uh, Grant, I hate to tell you this, but you've already brought me those by, so don't act like you don't re- you remember <laughs> everything, including that thing that you do with your mouth. And we teased him some more, and he's like, No, I didn't bring those over. And Chris was like, Yeah, dude, you you took those last night. <laughs> <laughs> so we we all got a chuckle out of that. It was funny. Yeah. Um, and then we waited in line. We got our, me and Gary got our goodies and we noticed our name badges had like, you know how, like if you come to Oklahoma bowl in the background of your name badge, you have a random 
Pete Nifton artwork, a little mm -hmm. image that we pulled from the internet and we kind of uh, like a watermark behind your, your name. <clears throat> we noticed in these chaos cup <laughs> badges, they had different team names. And I was like the gouge die. And I think, I think Gary was the dark side Cowboys. I can't remember for sure. No, he was Elfheim Eagles. He was Elfheim Eagles. And we got we thought that was really cool. Like a nice, just little ode to second edition. Really cool thing. Oh, cool. I'm outside. We laughed about it. But ha ha ha. And moved on. Um, we'll get to that here in a second. As I'm walking around, a gentleman comes up to me and he goes, Are you Scott Prime from the Both Down podcast? And I said, Yes, yes, I am. And he goes, well, I'd like to let you know that I believe he said you're the number one Blood Bowl podcast in the Philippines or, you know, you're listened to in the Philippines or something to that effect. Oh, Milan. Yeah. Yes. And I said, are you serious? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, you know, I'm from the Philippines. And so I shook his hand and his name was Milan Tan. And I was like, you didn't travel over here <laughs> just for Chaos Cup, did you? And he's like, he goes, actually, I'm studying school here. You know, I'm from the Philippines. I studied, I came here for college or whatever. He's like, so I thought while I was here, I might as well hit Chaos Cup. And we started talking. And he said, like, you know, I've never been to an event this big. And, you know, he's there by himself. And I was like, I go, look, I said, you know, most Blood Bowlers are like awesome people. So, like, if you need a ride somewhere, somebody's going to help you out. If you need to go get food, somebody's going to help you out. Yeah. If you want to tag along, I said, just be friendly with people. If you play somebody cool that you know, you know, let them know. Like, hey, what are you doing for lunch? I could use a ride. I said, every most blood bowlers are really good people. And I said, and if somebody gives you a hard time, you let me know, and I'll take care of them for you. Like I was some mob boss, right? <laughs> or something. I'll take care of them. I mean, the truth is, is like I was like ninety nine percent sure I wouldn't have to do anything because, of course, again, most yeah. people are super nice, right? I think you and brought him so, over and introduced him to me. Yeah, I introduced him to you, if I remember correctly. And we, mm -hmm. were, we thought it was cool that you know they listened to us over there and stuff. And um, then I think we just kind of all hung out and stuff. So anyways, that was cool to, to meet a listener. There was a lot of that going on uh, throughout the whole weekend. So that was really much appreciated. Yeah, um, I had someone tell us he listened to us in Kenya, I believe. Oh, that's cool. A, a guy near the end of the event. I guess One I of these days. Maybe like a couple of months, so everybody just keep keep thinking about this. But like after the first of the year or something, I need to get a big map of the world, put it on the wall, and just start putting in a pin for every time someone has listened to us in that area. That would be kind of cool, or at least just mark off country by country. Yeah. Um, one guy during the raffles, he came over and he just said, hey, I want... I want you to know, he's like, I really appreciate y'all's podcast. I said, well, thanks. And he goes, no, no, no. I really want you to know, I really appreciate the podcast, especially during the COVID times, because mm -hmm. you just kept me going. <laughs> and that, again, hurts, that, that hits in the feels, because, you know, half the time we were doing the podcast during the COVID time to keep ourselves from going insane. So. Yeah. We totally get it, but it's nice to hear that that we're all a big happy family. Of so, do you have anything else to add before I start going into like the chaos cup itself? 
Um, no. Y'all, y'all looked busy. We stayed busy. I mean, so for anyone who, for whatever reason, doesn't know by now, um, I was not playing. I was just refereeing, basically helping out. Wasn't a whole lot of refereeing that went on. Did have a couple of rules questions. They're interesting, but nothing too major. Um, but it was a lot of setting up, uh, getting things taken care of. And one thing that's nice, too, is like, you know, the community's good. Like the night previously, we had to set up some tables in one of the rooms and just everyone volunteers to help and had Michael Lewis and some other people, you know, putting foam on the edge of these tables so people don't hurt themselves and, you know, putting down double-sided tape to stick the foam to and all this stuff. Just like Jeffro had so many people helping out. It was amazing, which still helped. And then during the rounds, I did what I always do at our events and just walked around, checked in on everybody, said hi. I try to always, for anyone running an event, I think we're going to do a podcast over that again in the future because someone mentioned it. But at least for me, I think it's important to try to contact every person there or at least every table or every game and just have something to say, you know. Let them know you're there, make a comment on a figure, say, you know, how's it going? Doesn't have to be everybody every round, but just like throughout the whole event, I like to keep in contact. So I started doing that during the first round, just walking around and walking around and walking around. Typically, whenever we run our events, I'll do that. And then I get to go sit down for an hour waiting for events, you know, games to end, putting in results, doing whatever. I didn't have that this time. And I didn't think about it until like the third or fourth round where I'm just like, man, I am tired as hell. My feet are killing me. What's going Oh, yeah, I haven't sat down in like six hours. So I did a lot of walking that weekend. Yeah, you looked exhausted <laughs> by the end of this night. By the end of that, um, oh, yeah, because I stayed up way too late and I got up way too early too. But yes, so, aside from that, that's my weekend in a nutshell. Basically walking around, talking to people, saying hi, trying to sit down where I can, going outside and enjoying the cool weather. Um, so I don't have anything to say about games. I'll let Scott go ahead and take that over. So originally we were told that we were sold out at 152. Um, other people showed up because they wanted a spot, hoping people would drop or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I guess by y'all cobbling tables together and putting foam on the edges and stuff, Jeffro managed to come up with eight more tables or spots for eight more people, I should say. Right, four more so, spots, yeah. So we had 160 people to start this event, so which huge, obviously is a record for America. Right, and huge shout out to Jeffro for doing that. Um, I'm assuming the money came from the Chaos Cup funds, but still he had to go out and get the laminate tabletops, get the foaming for the sides, make sure they got set up, make sure they got brought in. I felt like such a weakling when I couldn't pick up these stupid tabletops and Jeffro and Michael Lewis were just throwing them around like nothing. I'm like, I can't even get a good hand on it because it's hurting. Steve, you're like Fineville. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Okay, I'll accept that. Um, But yeah, Big shout out to him for figuring out how to get to 160. 
It's a big difference from 152. It just sounds a lot better. Um, do you know of anybody that got turned away, or was everybody allowed to play? I do not, but that does bring up one interesting thing. So you okay. know how when we do our events, we always talk about how there's about a 10% drop-off rate. Uh-huh. If you get 40 people, you usually expect four. four people not to show. Yeah. So 160 people, we would kind of expect 16 people not to show. Obviously, yeah, that's a 10. lot. Maybe, right. So maybe 10. Only one. One person was not able to come. Of all the packets that we had set up and created, mm -hmm. there was only one person out of 160 that was not able to make it. Oh, should we shame him? No, because I don't even know who it was. Oh, okay. I think it was, so a, it was either a family thing or a work thing. But either way, it's just like... That's amazing. Yeah. So you had to use your odd man out. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, so before we started the event, Jeffro let us know that if you were, he was doing a fun side event and it was, had to deal with your little blood bowl team name on your name badge. And he grouped people together based on like how long they've been in the NAF. So the Reekland Reavers were I like the veterans who've been there before and did all this stuff. Yeah. And then like the next people were the up and comers, which was the gouged eye, which I was a part of. And, you know, you had people like, I know for sure, old man monkey and several other, you know, gamers who've JP. been around forever was in that first group were the Reekland Reavers. Yeah. And then of course it trickled on to these other teams. So he's like, we're just doing this for fun. We're going to just see what happens. We're keeping tabs on this stuff. Which I thought was actually a really cool, fluffy idea that didn't matter at all. Like, it didn't matter, but it mattered just because you got to look at people's names. When y'all yeah. put up rosters, you went to the wall where you're, like, for example, I went to the doorway where the gouged eye was. And so I pulled out my roster that way. This was a very unique and interesting idea is that with 160 people, obviously you don't want them all going to the same spot to get their roster or their game sheet before the next round. So he had eight different holders, and they're like hanging file holders. And you went to the one that corresponded to the team that you're assigned to, and you would find your sheet there. Which, in theory, is a nice idea. In practice, it was a pretty good idea. Also, in practice, it was very annoying when certain people, Brian too, would forget, would not care to pick up their sheet every single time. So, like, part of my, my job at the beginning of each round was to grab all these sheets, go find those people, and be like, hey, did you forget something? Hey, did you forget something? Here you go, Brian. Um, did he really forget it, or are you just giving him a A few times. Oh, okay. But also, it might have been that he would do it before the round, and I just happened to see it before the start of the round. I got he was you. probably being smart and waiting until the very beginning of the round and grabbing it because then everyone else has gotten theirs. Yeah. Um, I'm just anal. I just wanted it done I, sooner. I did, I did the same thing. I waited until it was almost <laughs> empty and then went over there. So. But one thing totally that did annoy me the first few rounds is people were putting the game sheets back in those, thinking that that was how they said they were done with the round mm. and we were missing a couple of game sheets one round I'm like well where is this and go and they were just hanging on a door i was like uh 
So that was yeah. kind of annoying, but it was still a cool idea. Uh, yeah, and so the hotel had a few people in the area that we were playing to sell drinks. I believe they were selling like espresso beer. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I didn't buy anything. They also Candy. did have food throughout the day, like slices of pizza. Hot At dogs, lunch, stuff. they had pizza and hot dogs. Which I thought was really cool. If somebody didn't want to bother traveling and they wanted to grab a hot dog and just go up to their hotel room, they could. So yeah. I thought that was uh, a great idea. And kudos to them. And I hope they made some decent money off that. So, well, a hot dog, a bag of chips, and a can of soda was 10 bucks. Well, so you tell me. Act, act like you're eating at Wrigley. That's a great deal. Oh, trust <laughs> me. Like, and honestly, I think it was Sunday as they were shutting down shop. The guy's taking out the hot dogs because they had a crap ton left. And he goes, you want a hot dog? I'm like, sure. So he gave me a couple of hot dogs. And Sunday I hadn't got, had any lunch yet. And they're really good. See? it's like, a good $10 hot dog. It's it, No, it's not worth 10 bucks. Good. But I would be happy eating it. I would have eaten a couple more. I bet you would have. Look, here's the thing. It, just like back in the old days, and probably this is never going to happen because inflation and food prices have gone insane, but a dollar for a hot dog, I'm going to eat that all day. I used to go to the dollar theater on Tuesdays when hot dogs were a dollar just to go get hot dogs. You're a weird man. They were good, and they're a dollar. Two hot dogs, three hot dogs, four hot dogs, whatever. I like hot dogs. You do like uh, tubular Make meat. Joke. There you go. There you you go. like a long piece of meat going in your throat, don't you? <laughs> I just don't understand why you swallow them all. Um, I just don't get it. You told me you're eating like a snake, but I don't understand. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> all right. Should we go through some rounds? For... Go for it. I got nothing to talk about. Uh, just so you know, our travel group was Matt Strickland, Gary Brown, and of course, Steve Kilowagi, the ref Campbell, because he had his ref shirt on all weekend. And myself, I took Ogres. So let's talk about that. That was the first time that I've been in public wearing just one shirt for probably my adult life. That is one of the strangest things you just told me. Well, so typically... I don't know about that. I mean, I'm I'm exaggerating somewhat, but I honestly couldn't tell you when. Especially ever since I got a phone, because that's a lot of it. My look is pants, shirt, like a t-shirt, and then a shirt over that with a pocket. So I can put my phone in my shirt pocket. So I never have to put it in my pants. And I always have it available. So I always have an overshirt. Which also helps when you're fat and you don't want people seeing a butt crack. So you're welcome, everybody. I mean, we're all kind of disappointed we don't get to see your butt crack. Well, I'm happy that there's no photos of my butt crack out there, to my knowledge. That's true. I mean, to be fair, if your butt crack was showing, at some point I would slip a coin in your coin slot. Mm-hmm. And I would probably take a picture of it. So, And also to be fair, we've seen plenty of fat guys wearing just a t-shirt who they bend over or sit down and you got a butt crack and- showing. And I put a coin in their butt crack and they mm-hmm. get mad. Exactly. Yeah. That's very so, fair. Um, it was kind of odd 
to be doing that, but it was for the right reason, so I didn't have a problem with it, and it was a cool shirt. So <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. People like to know. All right. <laughs> uh, so we started round one of Chaos Cup. Like I said, uh, Gary took what his version of the Chaos All-Stars was. Um, he called it Young Morgan Thorg, which was his uh, ogre. Uh, just a standard chaos pack team or chaos renegades. Matt Strickland took uh, Lizardmen, and I took ogres with five ogres. Just in case anybody cares about my build, five ogres. One was a runt punter. He had leader. Out of the four other ogres, three of them had block. One had uh, frenzy, and then I had a bunch of snotlings and Carla von Kill. So therefore, that was my team going into this event. Really, the main goal was to just kind of relax and not worry about the meta game or worry about do I take Griff, do I not take Griff, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And my record was so crappy at Chaos Cup for tanking it one year that uh, to try to get a casualty award that I thought hopefully I can just improve my record. So here we go, round one. I face off against Jeff White from Texas, a guy I played in the past, a very good coach. He was playing corn, and I must say, a lot of people were playing corn at this event, a lot more than I thought would play corn at this event. So I don't know if the thinking was the same thing, like corn sucks, so let's just go and have some fun and see what we can do, or if people actually thought corn can win this whole thing, which nobody thought that. No, definitely not. Um, he had an awesome painted team. Like I was like, hey, bro, why don't you uh, sell me this team? And Anyways, it was a cool team. Um, I, if I remember correctly, I got injuries on him early. He had some bad luck. Um, I knew Chaos Cup was a big event, and there was 160 people there. And then in the weird event that maybe I could get two wins and a tie, I thought maybe, maybe, maybe I could slip into maybe a stunty cup. Just trying to get there would be kind of cool, you know, with this many people. And so I thought tiebreakers might be a big deal. So I pressed it on him. I went up two to nothing at one point and kept pressing and went up three nothing on him. And I was very close to possibly getting this to be four nothing but the the pain finally ended for him again he had some it was one of those perfect games where i had good luck he had bad luck and it was the perfect storm and by the by the time you knew it it was two nothing and i was at this point to be honest you know jeff was like dang i just wanted to give you a game and this and that I was just so happy to get one win with my ogres. I was really happy. <laughs> I was just like, well, I got that monkey off my back of like going 0-6. Oh, and six. oh for sure, the- yeah. Definitely no so, wooden spoon. So, uh, yes, no wooden spoon. That that was that part was done. So I was like, all right, this is going to be a fun day. I'm just going to relax and see where it goes. Um, round two, I faced off against a gentleman name matthew pairing he was he's i think now lives in tennessee we've met him before he came up to a uh, three die brawl weekend before so i have played him before um really nice guy uh he had high elves and uh immediately he got the kickoff in this game he was driving he was being pretty aggressive and 
wisely so. And like he was going to score quick, which I was okay with if I had to let somebody score. But you don't want anybody scoring because you never know if you're going to be able to score more than them. Um, I pulled off some crazy crap, really, where I did some go for it, some dodging, some this and that. And I got in and I got the pal and his guy um, loosened up the ball, got the ball, drove down the field, scored the first half. It was one to nothing. Um, going into and I was I was getting injuries on him. So yeah. They started kind of like loading up, and um, it went from him being like one turn away from scoring to me reversing course, scoring on him. I get the ball back in the second half. I keep the ball the whole time. I just keep pounding his guys, trying to hurt them, and um, you know, forcing him into situations where he has to do a bunch of dodges into like you know minus three cage or this and that. And I end up winning the game two to nothing. So I'm even happier because it's like, Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know, like two wins. I have a chance of, you know, if I get a tie or so by the standards of past chaos cups, maybe I could get into the stunty cup. Yeah. But I mean, there's 160 people. So I'm sure there's a lot more stunty and a lot harder. And I already have more wins than I thought maybe going into this. You know, even though Gary said, I think you're easily going to get three wins. I was not so sure on that. But I, to be honest, not only was I having the dice be helpful, I I played really good in these two games. I didn't make bad decisions, and the results showed from that. Yeah. Um, we went to lunch. We decided to go to that Franny's place. Yeah, and, and- – uh, I found I, you've. Uh, I think you mentioned uh, Milan was looking for someone to go with. So well, I, I ran into him and I said, "Hey, you know, you're about to go to lunch, and did you find somebody?" And he's like, "Well, no." And I was like, "You want to go with us?" And he goes, well, you don't, "Would you mind?" And I was like, "Not at all." And so I made sure that he found Gary because I didn't. I figured for sure Gary was going to leave, but I didn't know. If, you know, we were very unsure at this time. Mm-hmm. And it, we ended up taking Milan with us. Me, uh, I think it was me, Gary, and Milan went and picked up food for you and Matt and all of us. And we went to that Franny's place again, which I wish we would have found this place in the past. It was a very good Chicago-style hot dog or yeah. Italian beef place. And it was like... The hot dogs and fries were really damn good. Like, better it than was, it should have been. Yes, it was really good. So if you're in that Chicago area, look up Franny's like in Rosemont. Smaller, yeah, it was a smaller like diner grill type place. The guy was let's put it this way, my drink was wrong and I, I believe Gary goes, "Well, just tell him your drink's wrong." And I was like, "No, because I don't want to sleep. <laughs> I don't want to be swimming with the fishes because <laughs> like, he it was he was very Chicago. That's all I'm going to say. He was actually super nice. He was very helpful for us and stuff, but he also looked like he didn't take a lot of crap. So um, uh, food was really good. We had that for lunch, came back, we all ate together. And then uh, round three, I'm playing a guy that has Skaven. His name is George uh, Berthasil. Maybe I'm, I hope I'm saying that right. And, um, People probably know him by a different name. Uh, Happy Grew Online. Now, at this time, I did not know <laughs> this was the Happy Grew from Fumble Fame of playing thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands upon games. Yeah, I was talking to someone, and apologies for who, because it was a long weekend. Um, but they're like, oh, did you see who Scott's got paired up with? I go, no, who, who'd he get? 
It goes, because weren't you at top table? or? Oh, yeah. So I started off on table 22. I then went up to table two. Mm-hmm. The highest I've ever been in Chaos Cup. And, I mean, that in itself I was already happy with. And I figured I'd trickle back down. But I happened to be playing him <laughs> at table number one. Yeah. And um, uh, someone's like, yeah, that's that's Happy Grew. I go, I, I don't know who that is. You know, uh, NEF. I mean, Fumble. He's really damn good. Oh, okay. I think I've played him against, because he was in part of that MBBL on Fumble he was in the, Yeah, he had the Green Bay, like, they were the slaying so they were like pack frogs or something like that but they were really good teams. yeah i'm pretty sure they beat my ass oh yeah I, I went back and looked and he smoked me every time on fumble so i knew there were some guys that played electronically through video games fumble you know Bumble mm-hmm. two or whatever that were like great players who were getting out to the tabletop and you know i'm playing this guy and right from the get-go I still contest that, like, I might not beat him, but if my dice were as good as they were in the first two games, like, I don't feel like my strategy screwed me in this game. And um, if I'm alluding to I lost, I definitely lost. (laughs) Um, Right from the get-go, I get a billion boneheads. And I have the stats somewhere, but I do not have it in front of my face. I think I had... So the previous games, if I remember correctly, I had like six boneheads, and then I had eight boneheads. And if I remember correctly, in this game, I had 14 or 16 boneheads in the game. And they were all like in crucial time. Now, again, I I don't know if I would have ever really got to his ball carrier because he's really, really, really good at positioning and protecting his guys. Uh but my dice did not help me whatsoever. And <laughs> both games where I had really bad dice and lots of boneheads came against two top coaches and my Carla Von Kill mo- model decided to not pick up the ball. Rolling twos, re-roll twos. Yeah. I mean, it was that bad. That's when I used my re-rolls because I knew Skaven. You know, one, he's on top table. He's 2-0 with Skaven, so I knew something was up. And then by his positioning, I also knew he was up. I think it was about that time you come over or and you look, and then you tell, like, you text me, you don't know who you're playing. And I was like, yeah, I'm sure it's one of these really good coaches. Um, he goes up one to nothing at halftime. I maybe it was two nothing. I get the ball. I'm still fighting because hey, it's Chaos Cup. We're ogres. You never know what can happen. True story. <laughs> I break two armors all game between first half and turn six of the second half. Jeez. True story. I have ogres. I am knocking him down when I do when they're not boneheaded. I only break two armors. One of those was from a foul, and I knocked out his rat ogre. So it could have been worse. Yeah. His rat ogre stayed knocked out for a little bit. And that happened fairly early. And I was thinking, well, if I can start if I can start hitting his guys and getting his positionals down, maybe I have a chance. Um <laughs> at the end of the first half, I trip going for it into the end zone. And I want everybody to remember that. I was one not a one from scoring in the 
first half of this game. Jeez. So it would have been one to one. They ended up the game ended up being three nothing. I got smoked. I got outplayed. I got outsmoked. But my dice didn't help me. And when you have boneheaded ogres and they can just run around everywhere, I mean it doesn't matter. Um, so I'm looking on Fumble and found my team. I played against him, my Chicago Cogdiats, my Norse team. I played him four times against this Slon team. Um, I scored one touchdown against the 12 that he put up against me. So as you can guess, my uh, record is zero and four. And then looking at his team, Green Ball Attackers. That's it, Green Ball Attackers. For the NBFL, um, Season 9, 12-0-2 champion. Season 10, 10-2-2 champion. Season 11, champion, 12, champion, 13, champion, 14, champion, 15, champion, 16, champion, 17, champion of the NFC oh, yeah. North, anyways. Yeah, I mean, He's good a champion player. of the NFC North almost every season, except oh, for sure. one, and then one, two, three, four, five, six-time Super Bowl champ. We We laughed because I think it was on turn seven where three hits in a row... I break his armor and knock his guys out. So he finally has people in, <laughs> off the pitch, but it's too late. You know, it's already three nothing. And anyways, uh, I, I wish I could have gave him a better game. Do I, do I honestly think I could beat him? I don't know. Not especially not with ogres, <laughs> but they did not help me by, you know, when I saw Skaven, yeah. I was very happy. And honestly, I wasn't, I really wasn't, <laughs> you know how I said in the past, like when I sit down with Brian too, I'm very intimidated because I think they're overthinking like, oh, Scott just made a stupid move. Or when I play John Spurgeon or Drew, I have this these feelings in my head about these guys judging me. I didn't have that at all playing George. You know, like it was I was just trying to play my game and focus and it just didn't happen. So I yeah. wish I could have gave him a better game. And I mean, it'd been totally different if maybe I could have hurt like four guys and had him working with a skeleton crew of Skaven. But and. I've, and just to add another stat, um, he, former, on his team thing, he says, and this is the NBFL, which is a very fluffy but excellent league with a lot of great coaches, like great coaches. Former and future Super Bowl champions, only team in NBFL history to win more than one Super Bowl, and he won it six times with, with Slon. Yeah, he's, he's a good coach. He's, he's a little good. Um, you know, like I think Jeffro named his team and gave him the models. I don't even know mm-hmm. if he really owns models. No, um, he talked him into playing, which in I will kick Jeffro's butt because if he made up uh, George's team, because George goes, yeah, I guess my team's called the filthy luckers. And I was like, man, if Jeffro made this team up, he should have called in the Skaven blight scramblers or something fluffy from second edition, but whatever you'd think. Um, <laughs> So anyways, I lost, and that was going to come with some ogres eventually. And the the first one at Chaos Cope is always the hardest one, right? You know, the first loss of any tournament, you're like, well, um, there goes the dream. I'm totally out and whatever. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, George had some quite success over the re- weekend, so we'll talk about that here later. Um, round four, I was trying to, you know, I wasn't really mad or nothing too much because it's just dice. Yeah, of course. Um, then I was paired up against a Slon team. So I am really happy so far with my matchups because I have ogres and I'm not facing any chaos dwarves or dwarves so far 
or a team with a lot of tackle, or I mean, a lot of dodge, like, you know, like Amazons or something, teams I was really, really worried about playing against. Um, so, you know, first round I got corn, second round I got uh, high elves, then I got Skaven, which on paper is good for me. I would have took, I would have took that matchup in a second, you know, mm-hmm. you didn't have to coach, you just said race, I'd say I'll take it. And then I played against uh, a slon team. Uh, his name was uh, Travis Leach. I'm not sure where he was from or whatever. We were both very tired, and you could tell both of us were very tired from this game. Uh, I don't know what. I don't know if it's because I was winning some games or I was playing well, but I was really, really exhausted at this tournament. I heard from a uh, lot of people that this was a more tiring tournament than usual. I don't know so- if it's just because we're not used to doing the four round tournaments anymore, haven't been out as much. Or just so many people don't have a chance to relax. I'm not. I'm not sure. I mean, it might be a little bit of all that because you, this is you know, 50 more people than we're normally you know interacting with at Chaos Cup. And yeah. Stuff. I, I have no idea. Uh, we were very tired. <laughs> um, I think he might have had a bench player. I'm not sure on that. I, I feel like there's a tradition now with bl- the current state of Blood Bowl where people are not taking bench players. And they're taking more re-rolls because yeah. you could use more re-rolls during the turn. Mm-hmm. And I know we've talked about this off air and we might have even talked it about it on the podcast. And I don't know if that's a valid strategy or not. Um Plateslon, it was a super tight game. I went up uh, one to nothing, I believe, in the second half, or maybe the first half. And he was down to like I was I was pounding him. I was hurting his guys. I was not boneheading once again. I think I had like seven boneheads this game total. Um, everything was clicking for me, crushing some frogs. I had him down to like three people, and I was still trying to put the boots to him. And then he makes a crazy play and tackles <laughs> tackles Carla, and the ball squirts out. And there was some drama because like, he had a chance to pick up in traffic and then throw the ball in mm-hmm. traffic to a guy in the end zone for only like a short pass. And thank God he didn't pick up the 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 pickup. And I won one to nothing. The first day at Chaos Cup, this was on table nine, I believe. First day at Chaos Cup, I am sitting at or maybe it's table sixteen. I don't know. I was still in that I was still in that top room. <laughs> um I was three and one after the first day of Chaos Cup, which is, I think, the second time that's happened to me at Chaos Cup. And before I hit the buzzsaw of losing three games in a row, but yeah, I didn't lose three games in a row. I won two games, lost one, and won one. So now I'm very, 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 very happy that like I got three wins based off previous years of Chaos Cup. All I got to do is maybe tie one to guarantee you get a spot in the Stunty Cup, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, then again, in years past, three and one was almost a deadlock. Like, well, surely you're going to be in the chaos, you know, the Stunty finals. Well, I but mean, with I all think the more, ones this year, more people take Stunty now and um, Snotlings. And Snotlings are the big X factor. I mean, it's hard to almost with the right coach. It's hard to say that they're even stunty, even though they're they're stunty. I've had multiple um, people tell me they shouldn't be. Well, I mean, I can't, I cannot argue with that, and we'll save that for sure the next sector segment. Um, 
what else did we do this night? We had to have gone and oh, I yeah, remember. We went to we took Milan to Mexican. Yeah, we went to eat Mexican food, and I cannot remember the place that we ate at. It, that's because it's very generic. Maria's it, Mexican restaurant. Yes, and they had valet parking, which was weird because it, the prices inside. I thought valet parking; these are going to be thirty dollar plate meals. These were twelve dollar meals, and they were amazing. It was fifteen dollar meals. It was so it was comparable to Oklahoma without the valet parking. How about that? It was supposed to be a one dollar, well, one dollar sign place, and I would say it was a two dollar sign place. Oh. If I were doing a review, I, however, yes, we got there. It's Rosemont, so we didn't travel far, so it's still a fancier area. The valet was interesting. The restaurant was really nice, super dark in the area that we were at. And yeah, everything was amazingly good. We we had the conversation with Milan. He was we were watching the OU football game, college football, and he goes, You know, I'm trying to watch college football and pro football, but there's just so many rules. And as as dumb Americans, we go not really here we'll we'll walk you through every play yeah and we did that for a while (laughs) yeah we did this for a while and then like we go oh well that's a flag and he'd be like well why and it's like well because he grabbed his face mask for just a little bit so that's a flag and then he would go like you know well he clobbered him the play before why why was there no flags there it's like oh that was just a good hard hit you know so like all i know is over the course of 20 minutes trying to explain American football to somebody who doesn't know any of the rules. He's right. We have a lot of rules and I get why people might, <laughs> might not yeah. like it or it's too confusing. Well, we just grew up around it. So it was like uh, describing, cause there was a fumble and then, you know, passes that fail. It's like, is the ball Parts. still alive? No. Why? Um, but I don't know because it's a pass and it didn't get caught, so the ball just dies. But it's not loose there. No, but why? I I I don't I don't know. It just is. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was just like <laughs> I take some pain meds for my shoulders, and I was like, "You're right. This game is too confusing. It's <laughs> forget it. It's dumb." Yeah, because <laughs> I was I was trying to think about it. Like, why is? Because you you have the ball, you let go of the ball. And just because you don't catch it, it it dies? Why wouldn't it just stay alive? Every other sport stays alive. It's only the backwards pass that yeah. stays alive. Yeah, so, I mean, it, so I'm sure there's logic to it, but yeah, never we, having we thought of mind. it before, I'm like, huh, weird. By the time of explaining every play, we changed our mind and we're like, okay, you're right. It is very confusing unless you grow up in America here, mm-hmm. watching it your entire life. So... But it's very um, nice that, to get to hang out with someone and, you know, get to expand our repertory of Blood Bowl friends. Um, we went back to the hotel. Um, I think everybody, most everybody went back up to the hotel. I walked around just a l- little bit. I believe that's the night I got some, like, fancy lemon cake from the hotel. Mm-hmm. And I had to wait forever for that. But it was really freaking delicious. It was expensive. It was probably good 8 to $10, but it was really, really good and worth the wait. So I was glad I got that cake. And yeah. 
then we all i think just went to sleep definitely i got some ice cream um matt got some ice cream but yeah oh was that from the gas station no the gas station was sunday i believe where did we get the ice cream from downstairs oh the hotel had all those little treats and stuff there. yeah, yeah that's right yeah you got the yeah. thing but... that's right because i didn't want to pay like six dollars for a little scoop of ice cream in a package so i went and just paid the extra get cake so um and then that was saturday yeah i believe it. we just kind of hung out in our hotel rooms and fell asleep because we were really exhausted once we stopped moving mm-hmm. so so uh let's take a break there steve and um now at this point if i remember correctly Matt, I think won a either won a game, tied a game, and lost two. And I believe Gary was one win. He got to play Milan, believe it or not, in round three after we came back from lunch. <laughs> um, I think Gary won a game, tied two games, and lost a game. I I think I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but anyways, everybody's pretty happy with their standings at this point. You yeah, know? I was undefeated. Um, Steve was definitely undefeated, for sure. But um, anyways, let's uh, take a break here, and we will come back with Sunday. Sunday. Mr. Billy Flynn in the press conference rag. Notice how his mouth never moves. Almost. Where'd you come from? Mississippi. And your parents? Very wealthy. Where are they now? Six feet under, but she was granted one more start, the convent of the Sacred Heart. When'd you get here? 1920. Okay, we are back, and we're going to be talking about Sunday at Chaos Cup, which started the same way Saturday did with uh, Gary picking us up McDonald's. Yeah, which was great. It really is. Um <laughs> So much better than previous years. So, kind of backtrack a little bit here. Okay. Um, Saturday morning, because there's at least 160 people, with most of them taking probably showers in the morning, Mm -hmm. uh, we had kind of like barely lukewarm um, showers by the time I took a shower. And so, Saturday night, before we went out to eat, I ran upstairs and took a, a shower just to feel fresh. Oh, yeah. So uh, I slept through the night. I decided I didn't feel like taking a shower and definitely didn't feel like taking a lukewarm to cold showers. So I decided just to slip on my clothes, going down there to play round one, you know, after after we had breakfast and stuff like that. Um, you know, another thing we talked about that I don't know if I, I can't remember if I alluded to it or not but you know we talked about like gary saying like he thinks i'll get three wins at this thing and we we talked about in the car like what would make us feel satisfied our goals for the tournament yeah. stuff like that and uh i remember that morning i was going down there and i was just like don't worry about the don't worry about stunty cup at all you know just go on down there just do your remember best. You, well really like i I said I'd be super happy if I got three wins at Chaos Cup with Ogres. Yeah. And I just reminded myself, like, you know, I did pretty good no matter what happens from here on out. And, um, you know, 
my goal was to make my ogre record better. And no matter what happens, I succeeded in that. So mm-hmm. uh, went down. Uh, we found up our matchups. I was playing on, I want to either say table seven or table nine. I wasn't 100% sure. Uh, I saw that I was playing against Dark Elves, and I was very happy with this matchup because, you know, these are all favorable matchups for me to break some armor, hurt some guys, and get them down to size. Yeah, but um, going up against Elves is never great. The no, but I mean, there's, there's worse smash. matchups for Ogres. That's so, true, yeah. So uh, I play I, I play uh, Colin Murphy, which I didn't realize he was one of those online players until we were kind of playing, and I heard his name, and I recognized his name. I, I can't pronounce it. Was it like Bakistan, Bakistan, Constantine, something I, like that? They call him Baz. You know, everybody's like, oh, you're playing Baz, and stuff like that. Um, another great player online, Legend on Fumble. And probably in other places as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we sit down. Um, you know, we're playing a really close game. Um, you know, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes, obviously. And it was my turn eight. I got the kickoff. My turn eight. I, I had the same troubles with my other game where <laughs> the Carla Von Kill would not pick up the ball the first couple of turns. So, like, he got to kind of get back there in the backfield and mess me up. And still so kind of driving. It's kind of safe to say as long as she picks up the ball, you're doing well. And if she doesn't, you're not. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's really what she's there for. So far. Yeah. Right. And unlike the previous segment where we talked about on Saturday, I went and got my actual stats on like how many boneheads and stuff like that. And I'll, I'll go over those leading into round six. So I'll finish talking about round five here. Um, so I'm thinking just, just got to hurt some of his guys. Just got to hurt some of his guys. And, um, don't really hurt any of his guys. And yeah. I kind of have the the same problem with it. feels like a, a lot of boneheads and stuff like that. But I'm still in it. It's 0-0. Zero, zero. I have a choice to make. I have the ball just to one, almost midfield. I can try to throw a Stauntling and scamper in the end zone and go up one to nothing into the half, which is like a good idea. Because if he scores on me, it puts pressure on him to try to, you know, I, I maybe can close out a tie or something like yeah, that. Yeah, because you're much happier with a tie than he would be. Right. Um, so at this point, <laughs> I told him, you know, I could hold on to the ball and make sure it goes 0-0 zero, zero because his team's <laughs> faster, they're elves, et cetera, et cetera. I said, but I can't just hold on to this ball because he did have a guy – way down the field, just enough in striking distance. Yeah. And I said, before I did it, I said, I'm going to throw this snotling. I said, but I have a sneaking suspicion that by doing this, it will guarantee that you're going to score. You think and, you maybe know, kinda... that was your body's way of saying, don't do this? If yeah, every... but you have to when it's zero to zero, right? I know. I'm, I'm not saying you played the wrong move, but... When you I mean, what's the actively... difference if you get beat two nothing or or one nothing, right? Oh, very true. Yeah. So I but have if to you could, throw it if it's but... zero zero tie versus one nothing loss. <laughs> right. So I have to throw it, but I'm like, God dang it! Like, if I don't land stick this landing, anyways, I get a perfect pass. And I was like, Oh boy, <laughs> I roll that one for the landing. Uh... <laughs> The ball bounces backwards. 
which, you, if I remember on. correctly, did you was, scatter onto the ball? No, I mean I scattered, and if I would have landed, I would have had to do, I believe, one go for it. Oh, so you could not make it because you fell. I, I don't know. I might have scattered just enough to walk into the end zone. I can't remember that exactly okay. now. I think I needed one go for it if I just stuck the landing. Okay. Anyways, I, I rolled a one. I hit the ground. The ball pops up. I'm still okay because the way I counted stuff, I was like, as long as the ball goes sideways or forward, I don't think he has enough movement to get to it to get the ball. Well, it went backwards. So then he trucked the guy over there. He picked up the ball. <laughs> he threw the pass to a guy. It, I believe that guy had a tackle zone on him. I'm, I'm not 100% sure on this. Anyways, he then takes that guy, runs him all as far as he can, does two go for it, hands off in traffic, does the dodge, goes down the field, does his two go for it, and he scores one to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so we go into halftime, Jeez. one to nothing him, and I'm kicking the ball off to him. Yeah. Um, he's a better player than me, but he's kind of trucking down the field and I'm like in a bad situation. Cause like I have some guys being bonehead, they're not hurting people. And he, he gets to one side, just a little bit across midfield. And I was like, man, I can't do this. Like hang off of him, you know, one square open that, you know, cause at any time he can just push this and go. So, mm-hmm. I look at the board and I think I have like a great idea. It's going to, it's going to take a lot of dice rolls and I start maneuvering people and putting people and I try to just put him in situations where he's going to have to roll dice and he's yeah. either going to have to use re-rolls and do one die blocks or do two die block uphill against some ogres and this and that. And I get, I make the stand, right? I put my guys where I thought I did pretty good, but hell I didn't know because I don't play against myself. And sure enough, he it's his turn. I believe it's turn three. And um, <laughs> he's, I was like, oh, we'll see what happens. And I guess I did fairly well because I'm making him do all these one dice and one dice and one dice and this and that and this and that. And I think it was about this time that uh, Alex Schutte, um was playing next to us. And he looks over. This made me feel really good. He goes, are those fucking ogres? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yeah. And he goes, what the fuck are ogres doing up here on table? You know, whatever, or nine or whatever it was. Well, I think when, it was nine. when you're on top table, Jeffro had to double check with you. It's like, is this right? Did you win last game? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like he was like, Hey, uh, what, what was your result last time? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> same, same thing. And I was, I was like, well, I'm, three and one until this game. And he's like, that's, you know, that's fucking cool or whatever. You know, like he gave me props. So it makes me feel good, you know? Um, so anyways, Baz goes through his motion of rolling a ton of dice and this and that. And finally he, I think does his two go for it's and scores. It's two to nothing. And mm-hmm. he looks over at me and he goes, that was amazing defense, dude. <laughs> and he gave his fist out to like give me a fist bump and i was nice. like well it didn't stop you and he gets like no but that's exactly what you needed to do to, to stop me you know like it's like he only got it me- because he got the good rolls 
and you right right like he gave me props like that was a really good job of trying to stop him yeah you know his dodgy elves and stuff like that so that made me feel good and then somehow he scored again i can't even remember but it ended up being three to nothing i lost that game um not many casualties at all so i'm sitting at a record of three and two which you can't complain about (laughs) what's that which you really can't complain about no, and I was talking to uh, Joe Smith from you know Springfield, Missouri, and um, we were talking, and he's like, you know, I, I think he said he's three and two as well, and I was like, well, surely we're gonna probably see each other in the Stunty Cup, you know, like, yeah. and we we're like, oh, I don't know of anybody else because we weren't keeping. I think both of us were kind of playing loose and not really worried about that. Just like if it happens, it happens type deal, right? So I we have our lunch break and. We didn't eat at all, from what I know. I don't know if anybody else got snacks or something, but I went back up to the hotel room and um, had a snack and actually took a fresh shower. And yeah. the I whole time I didn't I'm get anything. My- I, I this is when I got the free hot dogs, which were amazing. Well, this is when you got free hot dogs. Mm-hmm. It was during delicious. the last round, but I mean, free hot yeah, dogs. Still- yeah. So I'm getting out of the shower and I'm starting to put some clothes on. And I was like, well, you packed this both down shirt to, <laughs> in case you maybe got an award to put mm-hmm. this on. I was like, I guess I should wear this because I'm going to do good. And if I get in the Stunty Cup, I'm just going to just gonna win this thing. Yeah, you still like need, I, you need this, this is the one with our heads on the guy's shoulder, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You the, need to send me uh, that file so we can make some of those because it, that's such a the, cool logo. The like block kill dominate shirt or whatever, mm-hmm. block dominate kill or whatever it is. And I was like, no, this is why I brought this shirt. The whole purpose was to wear it in case, you know, I get a, a little goofy trophy or something like that. So I was confidently putting it on and I, you know, I reminded myself, like, remember what <laughs> I was in the Stunty Cup, if people don't know, many years ago, like maybe the first year they did Stunty Cup, I took a all snotling team back when you couldn't do that. So I took. Not- All snotlings, morgue, and um, Greg, uh What was they? Rick Farth and Grotty. Yeah, and this Those was were, not that- the first year of the Stunty Cup. It was the Stunty Cup Championship. I'm sorry, the Stunty Cup Championship. Right. I think maybe it was the second year. I don't, I'm th- not sure. I think it might have been the second year, but either way, it's specifically if people don't know, uh, Chaos Cup does single out the top two Stunties and make them play each other. Correct. Um. And I was playing against um, Jeremy Morse's cousin, Dave, and um, we played each other. And <laughs> I tripped going for it to win the game on the last play of the game, mm-hmm. which would have gave me the win and the Stunty Cup win. But I tied and I was, you know, just kind of semi, not mad at Dave or nothing. We played a good game, but I was just like, God, it feels to go from like, you don't expect nothing to get in there. And then you just blow that chance on that one effing, you know, yeah. <laughs> go for one it. dice roll. And I remember Siggy telling me about it. He's and then I lost the Stunty Championship because Dave was like three or four spaces ahead of me, so it went to tiebreakers. And I remember Siggy telling me like the way I look at Blood Bowl a lot of times is the game is already finished. You might be coaching, but <laughs> in his weird way, you're just watching the results un, you know, unfold in front of you. Which is an interesting way to accept fate, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if he has that same theory when he won the whole thing. Exactly. It's like, oh, no, it but, wasn't um, me at all. It was totally fate instead of, no, 
dude, I kicked people's asses and I took names and I got it. Right. Well, he might have made, tried to make me feel better. But anyways, I thought of him and those words as we went down and I was just like, well, we'll see what happens. I'll play Joe Smith and no matter what, you know, Joe's a great guy. If he wins this thing, really cool. So I have a question for you before we start the match. Sure. Well, one thing, Joe was playing the Muppets, right? No, that was Ryan Smith. Was that Ryan? Yeah, Ryan Smith has a freaking Muppet team. It's amazing. Um, but so this whole tournament, you took the runt punter for the leader. Did you ever punt a runt? No, and I don't know if I ever will in my career of Blood Bowl. Right. I mean, it's it's there for, like, last-ditch emergency effort, like, if you have to. But I just right. didn't know if maybe it came up at some point. No. Did it you it even, never came up. Did you even time. consider it? Did it even pop into your mind, like, I do have this option? Or um, did you completely I, forget it? I think it actually came up just for a second in the first game with Jeff White, because I was like, maybe I should learn this in case I really need it. And then... Then we kind of chuckled about it, and I was like, who am I kidding? Every time I see people do that, they hurt their own guys. I ain't doing that. <laughs> you know, so I was like, I'll worry about it if that's my only option. Okay, so, so you no. at least were aware it was on the table. Correct. Okay. Um, so here, here's my boneheads real quick. Um, uh, round one, I had six boneheads only the whole game. I had three fouls. Two of them were caught. <laughs> uh, round two... I had five boneheads only in two fouls that were not caught. Uh, round three versus uh, Happy Grew, I had 13. So I misled you guys when I said I thought I had like, you know, 12, 14, 16, something like that in the last segment. I had 13. I mean, uh, one- 13 does come right between 12 and 14. So I don't think you were too far off. Um, it's funny, though. I did have, I wrote down a note here that both times that um, I got the kickoff against uh, Happy Grew, he got solid defense both times and got to kind of reposition his guys. Jeez, so. that's so killer. Uh, round four, I boneheaded seven times. I had five fouls, only got caught once. Round five against Baz, I have 11 boneheads. <laughs> One foul that was caught. And now we go into round six. Uh, they call out the the pairings and stuff like that, and I go over and I'm playing a snotling team that I did not. I knew there were snotling teams there. I was unaware that there was somebody that had three wins with snotlings. And then I sit down no. and I talk to the gentleman. At that point, they had four, and, didn't they? <laughs> no, they didn't have four. But what they did have, uh, oh, that's right. Least, yeah, three yeah, wins but, and two ties. He had. Additional, I was like, that's great. You have three wins. And he's like, yeah, I'm undefeated so far. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And uh, uh, Mark uh, Burkhard was the gentleman. And I thought he's probably played Snotlings forever because he looked like he was really good with these guys. And he said, no, I, I believe he said like this was really his first tournament or something like that with him. So he's probably just a really good player that happens to maybe be good in everything he plays. I have no idea, but he played them very well. His Snotling team was very impressive, folks. Uh, he was three wins and two ties going into round six. Do you know what his <laughs> Which, roster was? Um, I do have it somewhere. If you'll give me just a second, I'll see if I can find it here. Do, 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 do. 
So I've so far played Snotling against Snotlings twice. And each mm -hmm. time going at the end of the first half, I feel like I'm an idiot and I'm going to get my ass beat because I cannot break an armor. These guys are still on the pitch. They've got a lot of strength, too many people, and there's just no way I'm going to win. And then the second half rolls around and it completely changes and I win like two to nothing. Okay, he's he's actually the only roster I don't have. Okay, so. well that's fair. <laughs> um, he had a full roster for sure. Oh yeah, he had he had two trolls. He had Ver Goldchewer, and he had uh, was it Bomber Dribblestad or whatever yeah. the guy's name is. The guy that throws bombs. Yeah, any pump wagons? Uh, no pump wagons, and all got all snotlings were just normal snotlings. Mm -hmm. He also had. Um, Riotous rookies, which is the first time I went up against that. So, mm -hmm. going into this game, we got the Slan Ringer, which was a Slan player that I believe had leap, uh, sidestep, guard, strip ball, and he's like a Slan lineman, a really yeah. good player. So he went from I went from having fifteen players to sixteen. He went from sixteen to seventeen. And then he rolled his righteous rookies, and he got his final roster ended up being twenty two players. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember you telling me that. I was going around to people. So, and Scott's not happy. He's going up against twenty two people. <laughs> so at first, when I sat down, I was like, "Okay, this bomber guy could, you know, kind of shit the bed with some rolls, and that would help me out because he'll blow himself up. That's possible." And Ver Goldschur is going to be a problem. And, um, you know, I was like, well, if I could just hurt the right guys, I have more strength than him. Mm -hmm. And then when he rolled all that, it was 22 players. I was like, even if I hit, like, hurt six of them, he still has 16 players. And yeah, then that's... I was like doing the math and I was like, I would have to hurt like 12 of them to get numbers advantage out on the pitch. You know, like on a setup. Oh, yeah. I, I Whenever I take a team and I'm looking to bash, like what you typically do with Ogres, the moment I sit down across someone and they have 13 players, I'm like, damn it. It completely ruins my strategy because now I'm not going to have a player up advantage. I'm not going to be able to foul as much because I don't want to get further disadvantaged. Right. But yeah, 22. Jesus. Um, <laughs> so... Uh... <laughs> I was kind of like, well, least I got here. And then the other voice in the back of my head is like, dude, this game's already done. Just play it out. Yeah. And then on the, <laughs> and, the kickoff, how many people did he have on the pitch? So then he did the thing where, you know, you can sneak um, snotlings out. Yeah. And I want, I want to say he's, I think there was 14 out there. I'm not a hundred. I, I didn't write it down. I was talking about it at the time. Trying to look here. One, two, three. Uh, this, we're not even set up yet in the pictures I took, so that's unfair to look at this picture. <laughs> he had every bit of 14 players on the field when we started, uh, which was also frustrating. He brilliantly, so he gave both of his guys extra arms to help the pickup. Because we also got the two mutations. I gave one guy extra arms, and then I gave another guy prehensile tail, thinking, like, this will be great, because if he tries to dodge, I'll at least get a minus on him. You mm -hmm. know? And um, 
probably the, so what he did is when the kickoff happened, you roll that righteous rookie thing or them to sneak onto the field. I can't remember what that skill's called. Uh, you you roll that while the ball's in the air. And so wherever the ball's going to land, he placed a extra arm guy underneath it <laughs> for like a, a free, you know, high kick, which was pretty brilliant. Um, he was really good with positioning and moving the guys around and just taking his shots. He was not a reckless player at all. Yeah. Um, I really thought like, okay, depends how fast he plays. I started to think like, as long as I don't get too many injuries, I can hang, maybe make this game a, a one-to-one tie and we'll just have to go to tiebreakers. But that also favors him because I'm like, the guy has two ties. Yeah. And he was above you. <laughs> right. And, but I was also thinking like, well, that's still a good record. You can't, your goal was to improve your ogre record. So just play the game, Scott. Mm-hmm. It's already been played. You're just watching it unfold. So he moves up, and he's kind of dominating the board, really, for a while. And he gets across a midfield, and he has this, this cage going on with other, you know, other moving walls with snotlings and stuff. And I look at the board, and I sit there for a while, and I'm like, he was right next to the sideline. And I was like... Yes, sidestep. Is there any way I can plug in every hole in this cage <laughs> except for one and blitz him with one dice with a snotling? And there was. <laughs> there was a, a lot of go forwards to be made, and there was a lot of dodging to be made. But I had just enough little snotlings to go in there, weave in and out through his like cages and stuff, plug in all these holes, plug in the holes next to the sidelines, and I blitzed him with one snotling hit him with a push. He was forced out of bounds. Jeez. Um, he was very frustrated and I, I 100% would have been too, because <laughs> I rolled a lot of, I rolled a lot of dice to get to that point. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing um, better than rolling like 10 dice in a row to get that one perfect hit. Um, so I got to push him out of bounds. The ball came across the field. Um, and I was like, well, Stopped it for now. Maybe he just won't pick up the ball. And during the first half, Bomber was not so good with his bombs. Uh, but he would never hurt himself enough when he like would drop them and stuff. So like I still had to deal with him. Um, he eventually got the ball back on the other side of the field with a snotling. And my only play was to one-on-one hit him with another snotling. And I'm thinking like, well, I got a two out of six chance or one third chance because of a both down and a a pow. And I got the damn pow and I picked up the ball with that little dude. And then I did some go for it. And then he had, I believe, three opportunities. I could be wrong on this. It's at least two, but I think it was three opportunities to hit me. So he'd always get push, push, you know, or the, the Dodge Star or whatever. And I made my way down to where I was three squares away, I believe three squares away from the end zone. And his final attempt to hit me, because he had two snotlings over there, so he always had a dice advantage, he got <laughs> he got a boat down. Well, of course, his guy was stunned, and my guy was not stunned, <laughs> which was ginormous, yeah. right? The, 
This guy gets stunned. I think he rolled double twos. Um, if this guy's stunned, I don't score. I don't. I don't even. I don't even think I have a chance to score. I got doubled, like double twos. He he rolled a four. It doesn't matter. Uh, the next turn, I stand my guy up. I dodge out of the way. I pick up the ball, and then I have to make two go for it. So I have a re-roll. First one, I roll a one. I re-rolled it, and then I did the, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> the dice cuff makes it even more dramatic. Rolled it, got it. I went up one to nothing at halftime Jeez. with me getting the ball back. So I was like, oh, thank God. Uh, he bribed his way through and kept Bomber for the second half, so I had to deal with him. How many people was he down at this point? Did it even matter? Um, it did not matter. I, I did get some casualties against him. I actually have that stat somewhere, too. because, But it wasn't, Rowe, like, enough to make a difference. Oh, no, 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 no. He always had full, full people <laughs> in there all the time. Let's see. In this game, I got... By the end of the game, I got five casualties against him. I mean, the good news now is that now that you have the ball, it's a lot easier to keep people from coming onto the pitch once yeah, you start taking them off. Yeah, that's what you would think, right? Yeah, typically. Right. And, and I have Carla Von Kill, so yeah. I'm thinking like four strength. It's going to be hard. I just got to watch where Berg is. Um, <clears throat> we go to the second half. He's putting the pressure on. He's playing well. He knows he has to be aggressive. Um, and it comes down to we're like four or five plays in, and that stupid bomber guy throws the damn ball. I catch, uh, he throws a perfect thing, number one. Yeah. Uh, number two, I catch it, and he utilizes his power of making it blow up no matter what. So I went from oh, the highest yeah. of highs to the lowest power. of lows. Jeez. What's that? The special power. Now, hold on. I don't know this. I didn't go look it up because it doesn't matter because at the time it wouldn't have mattered. So what happened was is I rolled the six. I caught the ball. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll throw it back. And he's like, actually, I'm going to use my special power. Somebody told me, I guess they were watching the game or whatever, but they didn't say anything. Um, I'll read it they for said, you. Is it's, it supposed to happen hold on. before? Let me, let me read. Oh, you're actually going to look it up? Bomber Dribble Snot. Bomber Dribble Snot. Boom, uh, kaboom is the skill. Once per game, if an opponent player catches a bomb thrown by Bomber, you can choose to have it explode immediately rather than rolling to see if the player can throw it again. Okay. Straight okay. Up. Well, after the game, somebody said, oh, he couldn't have done that. And I was like, well, it didn't matter because I don't know and I wasn't going to. Yeah, so I he did it he, right. So I assumed he knew it better than me and he did. Good. Good to know. Um, anyways, that's a great power, right? You know, yeah. like, <laughs> it felt like he kicked me in the balls because I was like, I caught it. Yay. So this brings up an interesting question. It's all someone post online. Um, if you throw it to a player on the opposition team, they were talking about the football, but this is the bomb. The bomb specifically, if you choose not to intercept it, it blows up, right? From what I understand, yes. So he can essentially and Mark, and Mark throw... was really good, really good about that. I was like, I guess I want to catch it right. And he's like, Well, it's going to blow up either way, you know. It's yeah, cool. it's just really lame that you can just throw a bomb at somebody and make it blow up. Well, it's a one-time deal, and that's yeah. how the stars are. 
I, I I'm not it. saying I like the stars special powers any of them. No, but it's just the current Blood Bowl. So I would love that'd be my one sweeping change. I mean, even more than the passing bullshit. Just get rid of all the star power star powers. Just um, lame. Sadly, uh, I keep wanting to call her Zara the Slayer. Uh, Carla <laughs> was uh, stunned from this, so I had to like fight tooth and nail now with snotlings. <laughs> um, I believe he gets the ball. I'm not 100% sure on these next couple plays. I believe he gets the ball, or like I get the ball somehow back, and I'm trying to protect my snotlings and... And at this point, Bomber is throwing bombs like a madman and working to perfection. Clearly, if he would have tied this game or won this game, by the second half alone, Bomber would have been the MVP. Um, so I had a choice. The ball was loose. I had three guys around it to make it difficult for him to pick up. Or I could pick it up and try to run upfield as far as I could. And I chose to pick up the ball, and I thought, I'm going to die on my own, like, trying. Because the further the ball is upfield, at least I'm, if he still, like, throws a pass, then, hey, that's on him for earning it, right? Mm-hmm. So I run up the field. I do my go for it. I make them. I even put tackle zones on Bomber because I knew he was going to throw a bomb. And sure enough, the next play, I believe it was his turn eight. He throws a bomb <laughs> right at my guy. I mean, yeah. freaking nailed him, like rolled a six or whatever. Blows up my dude. He has one guy that can get over there, picks up the ball. Or he he moves the guy with extra arms into the end zone. He moves his guy over, picks up the ball. And by runs this time, a- just to throw this out here, by this time, you're one of the last games to be to still be playing. Correct. So we had a crowd of people. There was a ton of people around us or around you because I was there too. So, so to set this up, when I turned the turn over, I was standing over the table like I was could control anything. And then at one point I realized that was my turn eight. There's nothing else you can do but watch this game. And I really, for real, remember Jeremy Morse saying, we're just watching the game. You know, we're just seeing how it plays out. Yeah. And if you remember, I backed up and leaned up against the wall behind me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there's really nothing you can do, Scott. No, honest to God, no matter what happens, you really played a great game. And your opponent knows you were a tough opponent. And even if he gets the stunty cup, he's earned it. Just let it be. Like, the whole point of taking ogres was not to get mad this weekend at all. Yeah. And so I leaned back there. And we watch the game unfold, and he throws the guy, blows him up. He picks up the ball. He throws the ball. It was inaccurate. So we see where the scatter goes, and it hits the ground. We shake hands and say, good game. And I was Now, specifically, so mentally- specifically to bring this up, he scatters the ball. It goes a couple squares. It drops. And he goes, your opponent goes, well, that's it. Good game. Yeah, I think that's what happened. I I don't really clearly remember this too I well, do. so I don't want to misquote. Okay. Yeah. And I think we like fist bump or something, and he mm-hmm. looks frustrated, which he should be. Absolutely. Because yeah. he played really good too. And because um, you were elated, you were you were yipping and yapping. What's that? I said you were elated and yipping and yapping. 
Yes, because I was like so mentally exhausted by the the drama of it all. Yeah, you know, it came down to the last play. I was like, oh, and I walked back in, and we're starting to put up our models, and somebody tells them like that ball just hit the ground. It didn't bounce yet. Well, actually, if you need to do the bounce, then you could still bounce to you, and then you could still possibly catch the ball. And I was at this point in that moment, I was so frustrated because one, I didn't even think about it. Obviously, my opponent didn't either because he said, you know, that's it. And we were putting up models. Yeah. But technically, by the game state, he was right. And I thought, you got to be kidding me. And I just knew in the hearts of hearts, I was like, this thing is going to roll an eight and bounce to the guy with extra effing arms. Mm -hmm. And I was trying not to be whiny about it. And he goes, well, let's just see. He's like, there's only one out of eight chance. And it hit an eight. Bounced right to his guy with extra arms. Mm -hmm. Extra arms. He only needs a three up. He rolls a two. I then die for the second time with <laughs> happiness that, like, thank God, maybe, maybe Siggy Lama, Jeremy Morse is correct. Maybe this game just had to be finished, played out, and this was the fate of it all. So, in the end of it all, I, in that game, now I did roll 11 boneheads in this game. So, that was quite frustrating. But I pulled it out, one to nothing victory, four to two at Chaos Cup. Never had four wins at Chaos Cup ever. <laughs> I did it at the time that there was with a stunty team and uh, 160 coaches. And I might have at that time been more happy to get four wins at Chaos Cup than have the stunty cup <laughs> because I was just so happy. I've wanted to get four wins in Chaos Cup since the first one we went to because the. <laughs> The very first one we went to, if Steve remembers correctly, I chose not to walk into the end zone to score because I was too worried about dwarves having two plays to score on me and tie the game when that is highly unlikely to happen, but it was my very first Chaos Cup. Yeah, I'd be super happy if I had four wins. I mean, pretty sure the best I did was the time I went, same as you, same thing, with Bretonians, three wins and then three losses. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, ever since that first Chaos Cup, I always thought, like, golly, I could have had four wins and I could have made the top ten. You know, there was 50 people there at that time. Oh, yeah. You know, but, but still, I've always had that in the back of my mind, and I really wanted just four wins. And I don't know. It, it happened. I was very happy. I even got Stunty Cup in the process. Um, and truthfully, like, to it. your two losses were against two amazing coaches. Yeah, I uh, my two losses were against the number one player and the number 13th player, and I finished 21 overall. Should we go ahead and get to the awards? Yeah, you can. You can start going, going through those. Oh, actually, so obviously at this point, not to bury the lead, um, George Berthensil, Berthensil, sorry if I'm screwing that up, Happy Grew won it all overall not yes, only yeah not only was he six no nobody scored on him in those six games yeah and after he got his award and everything he was walking back and walked past me and i said hey i got a question i said was i the closest anybody got to scoring on you i mean you can't get any closer than somebody tripping going into the end zone right? yeah pretty much so I was just curious, like, if there was other instances of that. And he goes, oh, no, by far you were the closest. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, 
why couldn't I got beat three to one? Mm. <laughs> Just with a little n- notch on him. Yeah. So. But still, that's awesome. He came in first. Nick Vice came in second. And Matt Vanderbee came in third. Uh, for most casualties was Dave Arvalo. Most touchdowns yeah. was Jim Morgan. Best defense was Alexander Schutte. Uh, best painted was Ken Bergen. I Am Chaos Award was Vincent Auger. That's for the highest ranking chaos team. Do you remember what race that was? I do not. Okay. That's um, fine. I was just curious. Best comeback was Matt Jane. The wooden spoon was Sean Hennessy. And best. He... Go ahead. He got wooden spoon? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I don't know why I. I you could have said, Scott, name whoever got the wooden spoon for $1,000. And I wouldn't have even a guess because. You're probably know if I was talking, talking at that time. Or something. Yeah, maybe so. Um, and then best sport was Ben Crothers. And there was some other painting awards. We don't have that listed. And then uh, I don't have the full. I closed out my screen. So there was an award for the best use of the space frog, the salon guy. Uh Uh-huh. And it was initially going to be the person who caused the most, what, fumbles or something. And I don't remember what the... I honestly... Didn't keep track of that in my own game. I don't so. think many people did. So Rob Fossey got it because the Space Frog uh, did some spectacular jumps and got in for the touchdown to win the game. Yeah, I know in our game, in the Stunty game, um, mine got hurt, I think, by like play two. Oh, that sucks. And, then I, and I hurt his probably by play three or four. <laughs> okay. Now, mine was, I believe, a knockout who stayed knocked out for the rest of the game. Uh, but still, it it's just was... Just as good. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess, I don't know. I'm weird. No, I don't think those players should appear in the top four tables or the Stunty Cup. Um, I would... I feel like... <laughs> By me saying I agree with you sounds weird since I was in the Stunty Cup, but I do agree with you, and I would have said that if I didn't make the Stunty Cup. I'm pretty sure uh, we have couple, said that before too, but I'm just putting it yeah. out there. Um, couple things: me and Joe Smith's record were exactly alike, so the fate of getting into the Stunty game was pretty amazing because it came down to some tiebreakers. And I mentioned like in round one how I kind of went ahead and tried to keep scoring against Jeff White and stuff and yeah. keep hitting people and stuff like that. So it did factor into me getting into that game versus, you know, Joe Smith. So Well, also, realistically, you lost to Happy Grew on round four, right? Uh, round three. three. So yeah. he might have lost to a lesser opponent an earlier round. He could have. So I, that I don't strength of schedule, too. Correct. I don't know if it was straight to schedule. I have no idea. I was just um, very fortunate that, you know, I got the break and got into that stunty game, and I was very, very happy to win the thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, funny enough, Jeffro was saved that award for the very last award, <laughs> and I'm going to... <laughs> throw him under the bus? No, not ah. really throw him under the bus. I'm going to stick up for myself, because... Okay. In the past, if I have said something that Jeffro thought was unfair, he has stuck up for himself. <laughs> and so, therefore, I'm going to stick up for myself because 
Now, if anybody's out there listening and you question one of my six opponents that I played and they say, actually, Scott, I talked to George or I talked to this guy or I talked to this guy. He said, yeah, you were kind of being a butthole. I really, really do want to know. <laughs> um, Jeffro teased me for being the guy who was you know, bitching and moaning the whole time. And as I was walking up there, I was like, I don't think I was bitching and moaning. And of course, Katie jumped on and said, oh, yeah, you were. No. Now, I don't really feel like that because in the after party of hanging out after games and stuff, you, I would say I was well more behaved this whole weekend than maybe ever. Yeah, and honestly, now, like, you have now, that reputation, I, and that has sure. clouded people's judgments, to put it in a way. Well, but, I, am, yeah. I am definitely one that releases it at the time, mm -hmm. and then we move on. <laughs> I really try to move on. And I've been trying to do what Drew said way back in January when he said, like, you can't complain when you win. And I'm like, you're right. I really shouldn't. You've you been know, doing like, much better, except in playoff games of the league. <laughs> well, I mean, when I've <laughs> faced one of my arch nemesis, Gary Brown or Steve Campbell, then, yeah, that, that comes out. Um, anyways, I'm pretty sure half of it was him giving me a hard time. And I did turn in both sheets when I got my butts kicked three to nothing and they probably said oh how did it go and i was like oh i got stomped against these great guys who play video yeah. games i'm sure i said that but uh, uh george colin none of those guys were like bad people or in any way shape or form matter of fact the chaos cup weekend uh, i got to play six different races i know some people like you at lubbock <laughs> had to play one race three times yeah so that's always kind of a secret goal. Like, I just hope I don't play the same race over and over and over again. I played everybody I played was in a, in good spirits. Mm -hmm. And so I'm a stick up for myself. I don't think I was as grumpy as they might say, but they might say, well, Scott, you're being Scott and you're always grumpy. And if you're saying that, then I can't change that. I try. No, I mean, I, think, I really try. I honestly I'm not, think you've been doing I'm a not, lot better lately. I cannot be Michael Lewis, who's always happy when he has a knife in the side of his ribs. I can't be that guy. Hey, man, you know, if you if you stab a little bit higher, it'll kill me faster. Yeah, Here, let, me, exactly. let me show you. But I don't think this is going to kill me. How about I buy you a hot dog? <laughs> and it's just like, I, I'm not, I'm just not wired that way. And even though I got my butt kicked by George and I got my butt kicked by Colin, I still have this preconceived notion that maybe if some dice rolls would have went the other way and stuff that maybe I could have competed. That was the one thing I said to George is like, you know, like I really wish I could competed more to you against you and give you a better game, you mm -hmm. know? And that's all I wanted. And, you know, overall I felt like, um, I don't know, the last few tournaments I've had pretty good success. And I just felt like I was in the, a good zone of playing blood bowl. So maybe we chalked that up to playing in the league. I don't know. Um, but there's times like I didn't activate an ogre just to keep a tackle zone around. Yeah. So I wasn't, I was trying not to be super greedy with like, I got a hit, got a hit, got a hit when the tackle zone was maybe more important and stuff like that. So I found myself doing that a little bit more. And um, anyways, it did came good success. So, I don't know if I brought this but, up on the podcast or if I was talking to people in at chaos Cup about it. So I'll bring it up. I was talking to someone and they were talking about Brian too and how he's such a good player and how most of the good players will mitigate, you know, like they're really good strategy and how to build and not 
you know, roll excess dice, like going for it and stuff. I pointed out that's true, but also one of the main things that they learned or that they're, they're really good at, which I cannot do, is they don't push. They play the game, they let the game come to them, they wait for a mistake to happen or an opening, and they strike. And yeah, that's not something I'm good at doing. I'm very much the type of, well, there's like a five out of six chance this will fail, but a one out of chance six chance it'll succeed and I can get a touchdown, I'm going to try it. Whereas someone else would like sit around for three turns and wait to have a, you know, a two out of six chance instead of a one out of six and, you know, stuff like that. And I'm just, that's one of those things that's really hard to learn. And by not activating an ogre, that's one of those things you're doing is just holding off right. and waiting. And like you said previously about, you know, taking a tie versus a win. Sometimes you have to, sometimes you don't. Well, and there was moments where I was trying to play off the ball and just stay in front, mm-hmm. stay between my opponent and the end zone. And uh, against uh, Burkhardt, you know, like when I went for that one tackle where I had to plug up every hole, I really don't – I think if I wouldn't have done that, I really truly believe he would have scored and I wouldn't have had that opportunity because that was a situation where – I get one dice and I get, you know, I only failed on a one out of six chance because even a both down gets that ball out of his hands. Mm-hmm. So it was worth it to me. And I, I really feel like this tournament, I picked the spots when to be aggressive and when to kind of hold back, which maybe I wouldn't have played that way before. I, I don't really know. I will say this in the past, if you go listen to um, previous cast cup episodes, we talk about how the Swedes Jonas and them, they would play test and play test and play test and play test. And me and you go, we don't like to play test. And <laughs> I think a big fear, a lot of us between me and you is like, what if we played each other three times in a play test? And let's say you won all three of those games. And then we go to the tournament and around four, three or four, we play each other. And then I beat the snot out of you. And you're going, well, God dang it. You know, 75% of the time I win, but this is the one time where it counts in a tournament the Scott wins and you're mad. I can and safely I, say that is never a consideration for me. The main okay. consideration well, that, for me that is, is a one hundred percent consideration with me. Yeah. I don't want the same matchups because I always think what if, what if, what if? And that's maybe just me being weird. I don't know. So um I, I'm but me and Gary did play tests this time okay. before KL. We played about every bit of three, if not four or five games where he wanted Really, he wanted to play test because he wanted to get the feel for his Chaos Pack team, and I was like, "Okay, I'll do. You know, I'll just do my best and play my game." I actually think it helped. I yeah. really think it helped, like feel out situations on when not to activate a guy, when to activate yeah. a guy, when, you know, stuff like that. So I, I do think it helped. So maybe yes. I should have listened to the Swedes and other people in the <laughs> past, and maybe that would have helped me play better. So here's my theory on it. And I know that I'm stupid for this, but this is how I enjoy the game. As uh, Siggy would say, you know, the game already happened, just playing it out. (laughs) I like the surprise of going into a game and not knowing what to do and figuring it out as I go. I, I agree. There's some of that with me, too. And, like, I don't want to... I don't want to be the guy... Like, I don't know how to do a one turn touchdown. I should know how to defend against it since we went over that before world cup but i don't want to know that it's not fun to me 
I don't want to know the optimum or optimal uh, defense or how I should always set up. I just play stuff by the seat of my pants, and that's fun to me. Now, that being said, these are tournaments I don't really care about, if that makes sense, too. Like, World Cup's a completely different thing. For World Cup, for the year leading up to it, I played Pro Elves. I took Jordel every single time. I played as close to the roster I was going to play at the tournament for every tournament except one, I think. That was me playtesting. And I did some online tournaments, and I did some other stuff. I still didn't overdo it. I probably could have played 100 more games and maybe been a little bit better. But that's not appealing to me. I get it. Because these I, are all I, one-off I, games, too. Like, at a tournament, there's a reason to play the game. It's to win the tournament, win an award, see how you do, play opponents. You and me playing each other five games in a row with the same team does not sound appealing. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, I thought the same thing with me and Gary because we are very competitive and we have been since we've known each other in eighth grade, you know. So, yeah. like, it goes way back and, you know, Gary never wants to lose to me and I never, ever in my life want to lose to him. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just how it is. And we root for each other, you know. You know, he had a really good tournament. He only lost one game all weekend. He so did he was great. very, very happy with that. And, stuff. and he, in his, some of his play testing, you know, he tested out different skills to take on different players and we discussed it. And he's like, yeah, that might be better. You know, let me try that. And then, you know, he went through a couple iterations of the roster and came out with one that did very well for him. Yeah. So it, Matt it, also does, it probably does help. And I'm sitting here like three weeks away from two weeks away from Kansas city tournament needing to really kind of play test. Cause I have two rosters that I'm not sure what I'm making. And, um, but I don't want to play test, even though I think it really helped me in Chicago. So we will probably play test some, but um, I don't know why Jeff Rose saved the award presentation to me for the last, but I loved it. I was glad I had my both down shirt on. I went, I'm glad I went and took a shower at, at lunch and put that shirt on and had kind of some faith in myself. It, let me tell you something. Winning the very last game at Chaos Cup, no matter how many wins you have, just feels wonderful. And I think I've lost more of those than I've won for sure. So yeah, uh, it was nice. I got to wear my sailor hat and my picture. Good stuff. And um, even better is, is you know, I had them as the old time ogres that I played in second edition with the same names, at least the ogres. And even at the time, my second edition, as I discussed before, when we played for whatever stupid reason in second edition, we allowed Skaven. And I even had those Skaven names on that roster as uh, snobs or narblars or whatever they're called. And um, it was really, really, really fun to see that. And now it's in the, you know, the lore of Chaos Cup at least in my head. So yeah. anyways, it was really cool. And um, just to round it out, everyone exceeded their expectations for Chaos Cup, except unfortunately Matt did not. Uh, he still did really well, especially for his first Chaos Cup. I don't remember his record, though. No, no but he wasn't disappointed either. No. He's, like, he's like, I was just learning the team. He's like, I'm perfectly fine with what I did. So, you know, he, he learned stuff, and I think that's kind of, you got to play to learn stuff. So um, real quick, you helped pass this stuff out. We got a poster that I think was provided by Jim Luft. Uh, we got a coin this year. People got a Slan Ringer figure. And we noticed, uh, looking at them in our hotel room, that everybody got different ones. 
So I don't know if anybody picked up on that to maybe trade around and try to get a whole team or anything like that. But that was pretty cool. We got we got two different sets of dice. I'm trying to remember what else we got. Was that maybe everything? Uh, the salon, the salon card. There were we got the card. There were buttons. Yeah, we got the, token. Yeah, we got tokens. Bag. Uh, got the little bag. We got the um, card for the salon ringer. Um, at the end of it, also Jeffro named, or maybe it was before the awards. I can't remember exactly, but he named off which team came out on top. And my team, the Gouge Die, came out on top. And uh, Jack, I guess, printed up some extra little, like, um, what do you call those things? They're, they're a mouse pad material. They're a square. They're a folding dice tray. Folding dice tray. There you go. Everybody got a Chaos Cup version of a folding dice tray on Jack for being on the winning team of that kind of, like, mini game that he had going on for the whole weekend of Chaos Cup. So I thought that was kind of cool too. So um, I can't think of anything else at this point, except if you haven't known this yet, let's talk about the future of Chaos Cup. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jeffro announced that, you know, uh, Chaos Cup has outgrown the Rose with 160 people there. And to sum it all up really quick and short, the tournament is moving to Florida. And it is going to be ran by Jim Luft, at least for the near future. And I don't know if the plan is to the tournament to stay in Florida for another 20 years or if it's going to start traveling around or what. Um, I had a million questions to ask both Jeffro and Jim, and I don't know if I want to ask them on the air for everybody else's ears to hear them. But I'm just curious. Um your initial thoughts to all this, Steve? I'm disappointed it's leaving Chicago, obviously, because we love Chicago, and it gives me you know, reason to get there. So, um, Florida should be interesting. My problem is Orlando doesn't appeal to me because I don't want—I don't have the money to go to the parks. But, I mean, again, that's my personal bias i don't have any understanding of florida i don't care about beaches at all like my idea of i would sooner go to the pacific or the pacific northwest or the northeast where you got cold waters but good fishing <laughs> and you know it's kind of cloudy and overcast that's more my jam than go out on a beach full of a lot of people and it's hot and i'm not i'm not into that i'm going to burn right now it's, it's going to be in november is that correct yeah the date's going to get pushed back to november be do you know do when not, um it is the first weekend of november so i believe that is the third next year let okay. me double check um my that initial is november thoughts... 4th so november 4th and 5th so third fourth and fifth um it is in orlando as i said I will most likely be attending because I believe I'm getting a hookup from someone for a hotel room. So that'll be nice. Ooh, look at you. And then, although, I mean, it's just going to depend. It is, thankfully, after hurricane season, so we don't have to worry about that. Because every Chaos Cup has had a hurricane, pretty much. Um, You're right. I didn't think about that. There was... Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah. I mean, I remember the one year Pat stayed because... Mm -hmm. 
the hurricane was smashing <laughs> Florida. And as soon as they came back, they there was a hurricane yeah. this year. So um, that's good. It's off season, so that's good. Um, it'll be cooler, so that's good. Uh, Jim runs amazing, amazing events from everything I've heard. He's a great guy. I have no doubt he'll do amazing. There's a ton of people in the Florida area that are awesome. So I'm sure he'll bring out a ton of people. It's just a lot harder for us to attend because a 13-hour drive to Chicago is one thing and 18, 20-hour drive to Orlando, I think, is a very different thing. I mean, from that angle, yes. Um, When we as older people (laughs) have change in our life, a lot, if it doesn't totally favor us, meaning if I lived in Florida, <laughs> oh, I would yeah. joy. Um, if it doesn't totally favor us, we're probably like, ah, this sucks. And yeah. ah, what are they thinking? Here's what's happened. We went to Chaos Cup 10 plus years ago just to get a miniature, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, for real, we were like, oh, we're going to get an impact miniature of the Chaos All-Star team, and that was cool. Oh, trust me, this this was a discussion I had with multiple people this weekend, too. Is like, this is something we can get into in a later podcast, maybe, but stuff to give away at tournaments is so hard now because the first Chaos Cup was one figure, but that yeah. was so unique. We could have sold that and made back our cost for the event and most of the gas. Oh, for sure. Um, but now, just random podunk tournaments in the middle of BFE can give away full teams because they're 3D printed. Yeah. To everybody that so, shows up. It's just, it sucks. Sorry, I like Chicago. Andy. Love Chicago. And at, the, and at the same time, you know, people at work, what are you going to go sightsee? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I'm like, I just want to go to get away yeah. and eat food at places I'm familiar with that I enjoy when I visit and see my Blood Bowl family and play a game for a plastic trophy. And I love that it's in the suburbs of Chicago. Yeah. Now, when, when it moved from Palatine to Ro- the Rosemont and all that stuff, yeah, I was a little butt hurt too because I love that area. Mm-hmm. And then it changed. And now it's, you know, now I'm sad that it's moving from the Rosemont to to florida yeah truth is truth is is probably the next two years and i know i said this six months ago i'm probably (laughs) not going to chaos cup and then we all decided at the last second to go and i'm telling you right now me and gary donated (laughs) lots of plasma on this like fabulous coupon that basically like doubled our entry we funded the whole trip on plasma donations not lying not lying at all. That was my plan. I can actually and start donating it was this actually, weekend. Yeah, it was Steve's plan. He got us to do it, and he didn't qualify. So, But we donated up to the very last second to to have money to go to Chicago. And I was blessed for that because I wasn't planning on going. My kid you know, is in band, and it's band season. Now, Florida offers band season should just about be over. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Again, I wasn't really planning on after this one. I was like, I'm definitely not going the next two years because she's a junior and a senior. So as we learned this year, who knows? We can say we're not going to something, but we might. Yeah. Now, there is positives from a family perspective, although 
I don't know how many families want to go to Florida for 10 days and let dad play blood bowl for three days. So yeah. that's the hard maybe, thing. And like, maybe you get more international people. I truly don't know. And I think it's just biased to say, <laughs> I feel like at Chicago, it's right in the middle of the country and it's easier to get to, but I really don't know. I, I do know it is farther to drive. It's definitely turns our one day trip. If we had to take it in one day yeah. to Chicago and back or it's to Chicago and come back from Chicago. If we had to take it one day, we can do it. It sucks balls, but we could do it. There's no way I could do that. Going no, to Florida. no, zero chance. And your criticism or uh, maybe not criticism, but it's your critique, I would say critique, not critique. I mean, um, is correct. Like the amount of people driving into Orlando is going to be significantly less than the amount of people driving into Chicago because you had Indianapolis, which was two and a half hours away. You had Wisconsin a few hours away. You had Michigan. You had us. You had Missouri, te- you know, Texas sometimes. Uh, I guess from a logistics point, you're right because now you have different states. Yeah. And those states, while they do have some leagues, they don't seem to be as populous of a group down there. Maybe that'll change, you know. And again, this could all be moot if all 100 of the Florida players show up. Oh, for sure. we also know that getting locals to show up to a tournament is awfully hard. Right. Well, Uh, with all that said, change is happening. We can't do nothing about it. And... Let's give it a chance and embrace it and see what happens. Here, here's fact. Jim Luff's going to run a great tournament. Yeah, for sure. Fact. If you think you get a lot of stuff at Chaos Cup these previous years, <laughs> I would bet you my Blood Bowl collection that you're going to get more swag now that Jim Luff is in charge. Yeah. Fact. <laughs> Jim Luff part-times with GW. I bet we get more GW products. You know, they always do raffles yeah. and stuff, but I, you don't think so? Uh, it's GW, man. Who knows? Okay. I think he's going to pull some strings and get some, you know, maybe some giveaways or something like that. Although I don't know if that's needed at Chaos Cup because the raffle itself. Uh, if they do the Terry, raffle. The, remember, the raffle so, was raffle was uh, Valdrick and Katie, basically. That's true. That I was a lot of stuff right. donated from Gen Con because they went to Gen Con as well. You know, that's... And again... This is not a critique, or not a criticism, just a critique. Like, that whole raffle thing, to my understanding, was vastly populated with people in that area who went to Gen Con and donated extra stuff. Okay. So, you don't have that in Florida. Now, he might continue to do a raffle. Right. (laughs) So. And if he does a raffle, awesome. If not, whatever. It's going to be different, and what I think we all should do is try to be open-minded about it. Before we poo-poo the event. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not poo-pooing um, at all. I'm disappointed because of the lack of going to Chicago, but this might... 100% because we always, me and you both have this fantasy of, well, if the Cubs were better, we would go to a game if they were in town this weekend. We but we talked have. About that the I know, and but I'm saying we talked about that even on the write-up. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so honestly, though, this has given thought and... Scott has not agreed, and we haven't completely fleshed it out. But I would like to move Oklahoma to like June, and then we can go to Adepticon in March. 
because Adepticon's in Chicago, and we've never been able to attend because it's, it's too close, too close to Oklahoma, and we've had people from Chicago not be able to come to Oklahoma Bowl because they're going to Adepticon. So like, yeah. it would still give us a reason to go. Cub season should be starting right around then, maybe getting in opening day game or something. I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. Well, I mean, you're you're not wrong about that, and. Anyways, and the last few years that we've gone to Chaos Cup has been weird uh, because of COVID and stuff. Uh, previous sure. to that, anytime we did go, we did meet up with Chance and Drew and, you know, went downtown Chicago. Or we met with the Blood Bowl players and went to a Cubs game or, you know, whatever. You know, it wasn't like You're we right. just went into Chicago and stayed in the suburbs, which is what we've basically been doing the last couple of years. You're 100% correct on that um, as well. So um, who knows? Give it a shot. See what happens. Get excited. We will have Jim Luff back on here probably within the next couple of months because he's already ready to start popping this event. Yeah. He has Correct me if I'm wrong because there's <laughs> – I'm really, really – I promise you I'm not going to World Cup next year. <laughs> Is it World Cup next year around the same time? Or no, it's crazy? in September, so that's another reason they changed it. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, so it doesn't conflict with that. Now, okay. that is also a concern. You know, how many people are going to go because they, you know, blew their wad at World Cup? Who knows? That's true. Huh. But Interesting. Who knows how many people go to World Cup? You know, blah, blah, so blah. What, what we're telling you right now is Chaos Cup has moved, and you better start being nice to the people in Florida because you <laughs> might need to sleep on their couch. Yep. Or if you know anybody on the way down there, like a Jonathan too, or something in Georgia, you know, like you need to like start buddy-buddying up with them. Michael yeah. Lewis has a nice house. It's true. There's plenty of room. That's true. We can and stop there halfway and pick him up. It's still a long drive from him. Because <laughs> we were we were talking about it, and he was oh, yeah. certain about the drive himself. But it would help us too. So it's either something. way, exciting times. I you know, twenty one years this tournament's going to go in two different locations by next year. So that's kind of neat. I get several locations really, but yeah, it looks like you know, from yeah. Memphis to Orlando's twelve hours. There you go. Still, yeah, ugh. it's so fr- and. No offense, guys. Like, Orlando's just so freaking far. As a kid, I went to Orlando twice, and I loved it. So maybe... It's 19 hours from us. My parents also paid for everything when I was there. Well, that helps, true. But yeah, it's 19 hours from us. Is it really? Yeah. See, he should put in Pensacola, because I like there's a beach (laughs) there, and there's a couple restaurants I like there, and we could, yeah, hey, Jim, Pensacola, about it. Uh, DFW, just saying. (laughs) But yeah, no, I'm honestly, I I just love getting together with people, and that's one thing, I guess we're pretty much done talking about the tournament. Yeah. I, I refereed the whole time. I still had a blast because I was getting to talk to everybody, get to walk around, see everybody. I was tired as hell. My feet. Dude, you looked like a hooker on $2 tip day or whatever that, whatever that phrase is. You were exhausted. Let's yeah. Actually, let's finish up the day of Saturday. Sure, we yeah, talked yeah. about the Sunday. movie and stuff like that. And um, we'll have more on that in the future. Um, after everybody, you know, 
at the end of the event, everybody says hot bye hi and you know have a safe trip and gives hugs and everything like that. Uh, you know, spread the COVID. Yep. And then we all went up to our room after all that, and um, we kind of just rested briefly, and then we decided to go get something to eat. We went to uh, oh, we didn't actually have a choice. Gary said we're going to Portello's mm-hmm. no matter what. If y'all want something different, you can. Because he told me and Matt that like before you got up there. Yeah. <laughs> and then and we you went... made some stupid deal with yourself. Oh yeah, like I I did one of those like dumb bargaining things like I did in Lubbock where I was like, if I win this event, I'll buy everybody's dinner and we'll celebrate. And I told myself that like you know we're gonna go do this, we're gonna win this game, and I'll buy everybody's food and I'll be okay with that. And Gary refused to let me buy everybody's meal. You and Matt are smart people who also are poor like me and you said hell yeah we'll let you buy us dinner so uh we i bought portellos for me steve and matt we had a victory celebration and i was more than happy (laughs) to pay that money just to have the street cred of saying i won stunty cup and had four wins at chaos cup um after that and i could tell that i was really hungry too because like the food came and i took a bite and i'm like oh my god this is so fucking good this is so good (laughs) And you're like, I thought you didn't like this. I'm like, no, it's it's okay. It's just not amazing. And after a few yeah. more bites, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, it's not that great. It's fine. <laughs> it was fine for what it was. Um, after that, I think somebody said, you want to see if there's a comic store open, which we didn't think there would be because mm-hmm. it was Sunday not evening. But there was a shop that stayed open, I think, until 7 or Yeah, was seven. It, eight? it was 7. So <laughs> on a Sunday, surprising. So we it was like six miles away, which was like 35 minutes away. So mm-hmm. we got there with about 30 minutes to look. And I guess I kind of lied. I told you uh, me and Gary paid for our whole trip on the on the plasma, right? So going into the walking into the comic store, I had already paid Gary guests for the way back, and all I had to do was pay for my food on the way back and snacks. And I had about $75 for Monday's trip back. We walked into the comic store, and god dang it, this place had some comics that I've never seen because my store didn't or- doesn't order them. Mm-hmm. There was some Archer and Armstrong. There was some back issues. And they had <laughs> the Marvel put out a book called The Complete Spider-Ham Stuff. And it had all the little stories from the What the Comics and the Marvel Tales comics and everything. And, of course, I ended up buying them. I yeah. found something... For you know, I found a little knickknack for Jen, and the whole freaking order came up to like a hundred and five dollars. <laughs> and I was like, Well, I got paid Friday, I guess I can spend a hundred dollars outside of the <laughs> of the donation money. And so I did spend a hundred and five dollars that weekend outside of my like real life money, but it was well worth it because we found some really cool things. But at the same time, if we didn't go to that comic <laughs> store, I would have also saved $105. So here's an interesting thing that I've not talked to you about. Okay. So as we were coming back from the comic book store, this is like not deep, deep suburbs, Chicago, but it's like in the Chicago area. It was Dark Tower Comics, I believe, if you want to look up where it is. Anyways, we're driving back to the hotel, right? And remember we passed a cemetery? Kind it was of. on the right side of the road. On the left side was like a Costco or a whatever. Okay. Um, and made some comment because Gary and I were talking about how beautiful it was and how nice it is and how if you know 
again, we live in Oklahoma where everybody has a house. There are very few apartments. You know, there's not a tight-knit area like what Chicago has. So this is all different to us, and it seems very appealing. And we made some comment. I don't know if it was me or Matt or Gary, but like, like look at that um, cemetery. You know, that's been there since the 1800s. How much history is there? It's kind of amazing. Offhanded comment, right? Mm-hmm. We go home. A week later, I'm watching a YouTube um, channel that I like called Ask a Mortician, I think, or something. Okay. And she's on there. She talks about different disasters. There's a disaster that was the the steamer Eastland overturned in the Chicago River, like right downtown Chicago, you know, where the river is. Um, Mm -hmm. The steamer ship was loading up with people for a holiday for this company, all company employees. It overfilled, it tilted, and capsized right on the side of the river. 844 people died. Wow. Like, and this whole series is talking about how, you know, people have forgotten it. It was this huge story that happened the year after the Titanic. And it killed more people than the Titanic. It happened here in Chicago, downtown Chicago, and no one knows about it. And they, they were talking about it and how they've had a special plot at a cemetery for certain people, I said, that area looks kind of familiar. Surely I'm crazy. It was the same cemetery that we drove past. That's crazy, dude. It was insane. And I'm like, surely I have to be wrong. And I plotted where the store was. I plotted where the hotel was. And sure enough, it was the cemetery that we passed. That's awesome. And I was like, this is so cool. I have to remember this for the podcast. (laughs) Well, that's cool. But yeah, that just reinforces this whole idea of like, you don't know what is around you. It's crazy. Anyways, I just had to throw that out. Ew. All right. Uh, We went back to the hotel. We watched the NFL football game. Um, This year. You had. Ended up like sleeping on like a couch, and so Gary said, "Me and Scott will share a bed tonight and let you get a good night's sleep." Steve. I appreciate you, that. <laughs> and you were like, "I really <laughs> appreciate that." And then I think it felt like you just kind of, kind of passed out after your shower. Pretty much, I could be wrong on that. <laughs> um, this was the year that it felt like we didn't inter. At least I felt like I didn't interact with enough people as much because we didn't see a whole lot of people on that Friday night. We didn't see a whole lot of people the Saturday night or the Sunday night. Well, you know? I mean, you're dealing with 160 people. So even if you see, mm-hmm. I mean, even if we, we did interact with 80, we would feel, we'd still say the same thing. And yeah. we still interacted with 80. So and there's only so much you can do. And I tried to say hi to people I knew and yeah. Everything, and with so. four of us, it's harder to like throw in an extra two, three people into the car. For yeah. sure. I mean, I was really glad Milan got to yeah, go hang that was out awesome. with us. Um, we crowded in the car, but like it was just different. And Michael was gonna hang in with us, but he ended up like him and the buddy left, I think. Well, and he was buying dinner for somebody because somebody bought dinner the night oh, before. I think it was Brian too. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Brian too and stuff. So it just it just didn't work out. But 
we still got to see Michael and everything. I mean, still a great weekend. And even like when we run our own events, <laughs> when we go to events, we still don't feel like we hang out with people enough. And that's just, and again, somebody's at home going, I hate your podcast, even though I'm listening to it. And <laughs> I'm glad you didn't hang out with me, you butthole. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, it's just odd, but yeah. So that was Sunday night. Um, Oh, I did get a raffle for some like decals or something. I forgot oh, yeah, that stickers. And uh, I was talking to people and I didn't hear my number called and you gave me a hard time. Yeah. Cause, um, we had two different raffles. We had one for the giveaway stuff straight up for everybody got a ticket and then one for charity. So That's I was right. doing, as they were tallying up results, I was doing the charity, uh, the, uh, the straight up giveaway one I had a lot of people yeah. not show up for that. So I was having to call numbers multiple times. Yeah. I think everybody was already, you know, had their tickets, but yeah. you know, they, they thought it was kind of over. If, I mean, also if you, weren't winning and you weren't up for any prize and you want to get out an hour and a half early there you go yeah exactly uh, and then if people aren't aware of the charity raffle there we've mentioned it a couple of times they literally had hundreds of items uh, games yes. teams pitches painted teams uh promise to paint a team um an art print from carl critchlow just like miscellaneous stuff and you just bought charity tickets for the raffle and you put them in the bucket and blah, blah, blah. They raised over $3,000, I believe. So that was awesome. Yeah, it was crazy. So so you want to put an end to this and then come back for Monday? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, besides all of us going to bed and, you know, packing up and talking about the event and. Yeah, yeah. like when I say I was exhausted when my feet were killing me, like I was, I got the front seat of the car and I was still wobbling around because my feet were killing me. Oh, I found a candy bar. That's what it was. Remember when we came back from the, I was like, I kind of wish I would have got a candy bar. Cause we stopped at the gas station right before we came back and they had all the boner pills. And I took a oh, picture yeah. of it on Facebook and you guys were teasing me about getting boner pills, which I don't understand because I was with all of you guys, but. And TJ was talking do. about how, you know, people from Chicago don't need them as much as people from Oklahoma. Yeah, something like that. And then as we're walking in, Steve walked over. I think it was you walked over a candy bar. It was still in package. Yeah, it was in the parking lot. I'm like, free candy bar. And I took it. And then a little bit later, I ate it. And it, I'm still alive and well. And you're thinking, like, that is crazy. And it's like, so what? no. No, the, 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 funny, the, the funny part of that is throughout the whole weekend um, on Saturday, and I'll just keep this brief and then we can wrap up for the day. Um, there was a bottle of water outside that hadn't been opened and a bottle of uh, Diet Mr. Pibb sitting on a table. And those <laughs> things were sitting there all day. And I said to people, especially Katie and Matt, who are helping out as well, I'm like, those are mine. If no one claims them, I'm taking them. So I got my free bottle of water at the end of Saturday and I took the Mr. Pibb and I put it behind the desk in case anybody... It's a bottle of water. No one's going to claim that. But the Mr. Pibb, someone might want that. But anyways, I was like, sweet. I got my free Mr. Pibb over here. This is awesome. Um, so I go to give away the stuff at the raffle. And I got this big grab bag of stuff. And people are having a choice of a few things out or, you know, take a grab bag. Someone pulled out my Mr. Pibb. <laughs> they, they put my free Mr. Pibb in the raffle. And I'm like, oh, man. My Mr. Pib. 
Well, uh. that happens. I had a giant king size <laughs> fast break bar, and it was amazing because it was free and delicious. So yeah, so uh, free stuff. It's always awesome. Yep. Okay. Somebody, well, somebody from another country is going. Only American yeah. would pick up a candy bar off the floor and then be a savage enough to eat it later in the hotel. But it wasn't and open. You, sir, are correct. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, yeah it wasn't open, so it's was still good. So. Okay. All right. We'll um, back with my wrap this up. We'll come talk about Monday. Disgusting, razzle dazzle them, and they'll never catch wise. Give them the old Okay, we're back the next day, it's Monday morning. We take off. We wake up a little bit later than I would have liked, because I like later. Get, yeah, we didn't leave. In, no, we didn't leave until like six thirty. Normally, oh. we are out the door at 6 or earlier. Okay. You're, okay, that's fair. Yeah. It was a, I guess it was just a tad bit earlier than, or later than normal. Yeah. And, and, th- and then we stopped for breakfast that we thought would be fast, but it wasn't. <laughs> that's for sure. And we stopped for lunch, which was slow. And we stopped at, yeah. anyways, uh, first thing we stopped at, though, was a Chick-fil-A for breakfast because it was Monday and they were open and it's Chick-fil-A. And it was one of the greatest breakfasts ever. They have spicy chicken strips up there. So I was able to get a spicy chicken strip biscuit for breakfast. And it was amazing. (laughs) I know, it's the simple things in life. But damn, those are good. It's funny what... (laughs) I forgot that that made your day so much, even though (laughs) despite all the problems. Yeah, I it, I didn't care. It could have taken an hour long to get it and everything else. There was problems, but man, that I love their spicy chicken biscuits, and they don't do them anymore. So if anybody's out there and you've ever been somewhere with Steve, Steve usually gets a Dr Pepper or a Diet Dr Pepper with no ice. That's mm-hmm. his deal. Root beer, no ice, because he didn't want it to water down his drink. Oh, uh, yeah. He got one. It's always cold enough. That's why. The, and the kid brought it over, and Steve goes, "Hey, um, can I get? Could you try a different, like your different fountain drinks? Because, um, you know, this soda is not cold." And the kid looked at him, <laughs> and he goes, "Well, he ordered it with no ice." And like, the kid's not wrong. He's, he's not, but. <laughs> and Steve, <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious because, like. In this kid's world, he's, you know, 
maybe 19. Mm-hmm. He's working at Chick-fil-A full time because he has to. And he's like, nobody's ever got a drink with no ice. And if somebody did, nobody has complained about their drink not being cold enough it, when they didn't ask for ice. But that's the whole point. It comes out of the fountain cold. It doesn't need ice. And that just waters it down. Me and you know this. But I know. That kid <laughs> thought you were a crazy old white buffoon. Right. Because you asked this. Because in his world... He doesn't care because it said no ice. So he figured <laughs> yeah. you'd want a warm or lukewarm drink. No, I didn't. But yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I believe also you got your food later than all of us, which was it's part of the theme of... Just my life now, apparently. Yeah. Uh, we got back on the road, and we were advised by Alan uh, mm-hmm. to hit Wally's, which yes. is a big gas station up there. And he was not lying. It's a huge gas station. It's like Bucky's, but in Illinois. And it's very yeah. much themed like the Griswolds went to Wally World in the 60s. So it has a whole bunch of, you know, 1950s, 60s looking patiche of characters and some really cool shirts and all you know, popcorn and beef jerky and all kinds of I cool mean, stuff. That place could have been called like Yogi Bear's World mm-hmm. and we would have bought into it because it was the same style as like Yogi Bear, like 60s, like you were saying. Yeah. 60s. It reminded me of something that I would have hit with my grandparents. It really was North Bucky's. Yeah. They if were... we would have never been to Bucky's before, this would have been the greatest giant gas station ever. Yeah, and it would have blown our but, minds. And it was still awesome though, because of all the yes, all the characters and stuff, and all the the. I don't know how to say it. It's just it's very much like a 1950s, 60s cartoon world of traveling across America. You know. Yeah, it looks like an old like there would have been a theme park in the back mm-hmm. with these little bears where you could camp out and stuff like that. It was, yes, it was really cool. And matter of fact, I, I liked the characters and the mascots and stuff and the t-shirts better than I did Bucky's. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm still going to rate Bucky's as an A plus mm-hmm. on the giant mall like gas stations, <laughs> but I liked Wally's quite a bit and I'd give it the grade of an A minus. Yeah. I would give it a solid A. Like I okay, like the A A minus. It's it's one step yeah. below Bucky's, but not by much. I like if Bucky's had their characters, Bucky's would be an A plus plus plus. Yeah, because I don't give a crap about Bucky. Yeah, if you would have never ever been to a Bucky's, we would we'd been touting right now about mm-hmm. how this was the the greatest gas station ever because we could crap our pants. And uh, spill ketchup all over all of our clothes and then stop at this gas station and buy a <laughs> new clothes, buy a, col- a fresh kolache, some fresh pop popcorn that tasted like loaded baked potato, mm-hmm. and then got a brisket sandwich in addition to a fountain drink. And their and homemade beef jerky. And, yeah, and took a crap in a clean bathroom. Yeah. I mean, and, get, and got some gas and some cool toys. So, I mean, yes. And I really wanted a T-shirt with Wally, Wally Bear. I guess is his name. It just it was a cool looking T-shirt that said Wally Bear, but it wasn't in my size. I was like, eh, okay, well that sucks. And they had like actual coin operated dispensers in the front. 
Oh, yeah. You know, like for a quarter, you can put it in and get a little alien or a little die. And it was actually just a quarter or a nickel. Yeah, that was cool. Didn't always work, but they were cool. (laughs) No, they didn't. But I got what I called fate dice. They were dice (laughs) that you would ask it a question and it was like your magic eight ball. It would say, uh, ask me later or definitely so. And every color had like different sayings on it. Yeah. And so I got like five of these dice, which became a tradition to be like freak Gary out by going, (laughs) all right, all right, dice, are we going to die in a wreck? And Gary would be like, dude, don't ask it that. Don't ask it that. Like he was like freaking out. And I'd shake the dice up and draw one. And it would be, (laughs) I always ask him, we're going to like die in a wreck. And and this on the strip and Gary would be like freaking out. And he'd always give us some vague thing of like, well, ask us later. Mm -hmm. Or I'm not in the mood right now, you know, and stuff like that. So it was pretty funny. Uh, that became our fate dice that we randomly played games with. Yeah. <laughs> driving along. And then we got back on the road and after a few hours stopped at Wally's again. Yeah. Well, we saw another one. So we decided to see if Steve had his shirt in and there. And they did. And I got my t-shirt. I was very happy. Hey, Steve. So here's the thing. Question for you, Scott. Uh-huh. How many Wally's locations are there? Um, two. There no, are there's t- got to be more than that, but I'm going to say two? Two. <laughs> I don't know. There two. are legit two. For real? That blew my mind. Oh, well, that's really cool then we see we, like I, I Me and Steve love Wally so much. <laughs> it's both down approved and we've been to all of them. We sure have. <laughs> we didn't um, know that, but I went on the website looking for just like information about it, you know, anything. It's a very sparse website. So then I got to thinking, I'm like, I wonder how many other locations there are. None. Zero more locations. They don't have an FAQ on the website like, this is who we are. This is our mission. This is why we do what we do. And I emailed them and have not gotten a response. What? So it's weird. Like, that... That big of a store, with that much thought into put put, if this was just a random Flying J tra- gas station that just had random gas station stuff, whatever. There's two locations, not a big deal. But this has its own line of clothing, of a very specific, you know, worldview that's going for a very specific thing that they had to put a lot of time and effort into thinking about, and there's only two. So I don't know if these are like just now opening up. So there's going to be like yeah. 40 the next time we go to Chicago or or what? I just it just blew my mind. Hmm. That's very interesting. Well, I'm glad. Yeah, the way Alan was like you you guys might like this, you know, hit hit one of these. I thought there would be like possible 10 depending on the direction we went. So that's pretty cool. We've seen them all. Nice. So, uh, see, then we stopped. I, I was being a uh, fat butthole about determined to stop at Hicks barbecue again, because I was just going to get the nachos, the redneck nachos. And we stopped to eat like dinner, lunch, mid, yeah. mid lunch dinner. And, uh, we stopped, I got my nachos. I was a happy little boy. I don't know what else everybody got. Cause I just don't remember. I got, um, some other type of sandwich. I think it was pulled pork or that mixed meat they had. But I was finally able to get like a side of turkey. 
because I asked her, like, so what's the small, do you have turkey? Like, just straight up, do you have turkey before I order anything? Yeah, we have turkey, of course. Okay. Not of course, but okay. And then, um, yeah, I got like a quarter pound of turkey. It was, it was, it was fine. It's kind of disappointing, but you know. Is what it is. At least you got you got some. Yeah. So it was uh, it, oh it was a good lunch, but we got dessert because they had caramel was it caramel apple cheesecake? Caramel apple pie cheesecake or something like that. Yeah. So I was like, I have to try that. And Scott's like, I want to try it too. So you want to split it? Sure. So we split it. It was, it was really, good. really good. And Gary got peach cobbler and matt got blackberry cobbler and they both said it was amazing and i've never had blackberry anything to my knowledge (laughs) so i never thought about it you know just hasn't been a thing and i tried a little bit of matt's and i'm like seeds (laughs) yeah blackberries have seeds all through them yeah not not a fan I got gotcha. you. Anyways, uh, food was good. We got back in the car. And at this point, I was just ready to get home. So if there's something we did between eating and getting home besides gas, I don't know what it was. Do you remember? No. Gas station, I'm sure. A couple of them. Oh, I think we all got like one taco at a Taco Bueno in Tulsa. Oh, yeah. Because it was like five hours later, and we were kind of hungry, but not. So we stopped at this Taco Bueno and got some, like a fast food burrito each or something lame. Something small, mainly a drink. <laughs> and then we kept on driving. We get to Gary's house finally. Was it 8 o'clock? It was 8.30, I think. Yeah, it was think late. It was 8.30. And typically, and then, uh, so again, going back to why we do Monday, if we leave by like 5.30 or 6.00. We're gone. And then we grab breakfast on the run. We hit lunch real fast. And then we're usually home before it gets dark. So it doesn't mm-hmm. feel as bad. This time, we stopped a couple of places. And then we had to go to Gary's first. Then get in the car. And then go back home. So it made for a very long day. <laughs> okay. Somebody in our car that's not me or Steve... We did have to take a few pit stops because we heard the, hey guys, I don't want to be that guy, but (laughs) I have an atomic shit in my pants. (laughs) It happens. It was not us, but yeah, it happens. (laughs) So, of course, we, like good friends, we teased the other Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, that derailed us, you know, a little bit. But at least we're we're not saying Matt's name, so. That's true. Why would we say his name? I don't know. Um, so, uh, we get to Gary's place, which is about 25 minutes from, eh, 20 minutes, 15 minutes from where I live. Got in the car, came back down. We finally get home. I let you two guys go um, unpack my stuff. And of course, I was physically exhausted but mentally awake at that point. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh. So I actually unpacked all my, as much of my stuff as I could, talked to Jen, and went to bed. Finally. Yeah. 
Um, I was supposed to start a new job that next day, and I was so tired. I don't know if I was actually tired. I feel like I was tired so much that sickness got into me and took hold, because I felt sick the next day, and I saw other people, as they always do after an event, talking about how they were sick, and I was like, I don't, I hope it's not COVID, and since my job was at a a bio lab doing specimen samples. Um, I was like, so I might have been exposed. Should I get like a negative test? They're like, no, come in and we'll administer a test for you. I'm like, I don't really want to come. Okay, fine. I did not have COVID, but based on that, they went ahead and pushed my start date to the next week because there was a new employee program thing. So that kind of sucked. So I missed out on four days of work, which, you know, would have been nice. But you also loved sleeping in, didn't you? It was nice. It was nice, yes. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I don't think we have anything else. Any final thoughts of Chaos Cup before we go to shout-outs that we didn't touch on? Um, I go back and forth... And I can say this, while you're listening to this podcast now, what you don't know is this podcast has taken really about now almost two weeks to record (laughs) with our busy schedules with band and life and work and life and everything else. Uh, So we are wrapping this up uh, at least 10 days from when we started it, if not longer. Um, I still reflect that I am going to miss having the excuse to go to Chicago. And that's why I brought up moving Oklahoma Bowl. Um, I, I understand that. And I <laughs> yes, am I also, I go back and forth. At one moment, I'm like, God dang it. You know, I can't believe they moved the tournament. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, well, God dang it. Maybe, maybe it's going to be amazing still. And so I have to remind myself that like I like traditional things, but I also don't want to be, and he'll never hear this, and I'll also say it to his <laughs> face, uh, Chance Kirchhoff is super, from Three Die Block, he is super into traditions. Yeah. Like, he's almost stubborn to a fault of like, we can't do that, that's a tradition. And sometimes you miss out on new traditions mm-hmm. when you're very stubborn with old traditions. So, so I, was, I at the very least think we should kind of be open-minded and give this a shot and see what happens and then find other reasons. So I was kind to of thinking Chicago. You know, Jeffro had made the point of Chaos Cup and the fluff jumps around. Now, obviously doing that every year would be a disaster because trying to find someone who can handle something that big every year Unless it turns into like a, its own committee where there's three people or five people on the committee who decide where it goes and funds it and mm. blah, blah, blah. I think, though, it'd be kind of neat if it did start jumping around, like stay in a certain place for two years or four years or whatever. So mm-hmm. the new tradition is now it does jump around. You know, do Florida for a couple of years, then go to California. For a couple of years, then go to New York for a couple of years, then Texas, then, you know, Seattle, and then back to Florida, you know. And or or just the, come right to Oklahoma. No, I don't, I'm joking. About no, that. I mean, we it technically could. 
mean, we I know, run. but there's also part of me that <laughs> while I like running tournaments, there's also part of me that really doesn't know if I want to mess with something that big. Ah, it'd be fine. I know you do. Yeah, I know you do. Um, you know, but anyways, I'm just trying to tell everybody. Yeah. I know, like some other people might be a little like kind of butthurt at the beginning of mm-hmm. it, and I get it, and I get it, <laughs> I get it. It definitely changes uh, a lot. You know, like you said, we don't have that reason to go to Chicago anymore, which sucks. I I love Chicago, and you know. Maybe it gives us a reason, like I said, change Oklahoma Bowl to go to Adepticon. Maybe it gives us a reason to go to one tournament that they run up there throughout the rest of the year to go to a Cubs game as well or something. I don't know. But I still want to go to Chicago. No, I I totally agree. Like I said, I'm not... Here's a tradition that I grew up with. Uh, when my when I my parents split up and had a divorce, my grandmother no longer wanted to share Thanksgiving. When I was a child, we'd go to one grandparents for lunch, early lunch at like eleven, and another one at six o'clock for dinner. And when my parents got a divorce, you know, we toggled holidays. You know, like oh, I'm with my family this Thanksgiving, and then the next year I'm with dad's side of the family. Yeah. And my grandmother was selfish and she said I don't want to I don't want to share with anybody or miss out. So she started the tradition of Thanksgiving for her was the Sunday before actual Thanksgiving. And it really was one of my favorite holidays because it's happening on a Sunday. You're not having to stuff two great meals in and yes. really if you can get three like Christmas dinners or Thanksgiving dinners spread throughout the week, man, as, as a growing up teenager <laughs> and a young adult who got to take home leftovers, it was amazing. As, so what we thought was stupid at first turned out to be pretty good. Yeah. And, and I'll say another one is um, when my dad got remarried, uh, those grandparents want kind of were a little bit selfish and they were trying to fit, fit their way into enjoying life with us. And they started the tradition of having Christmas breakfast because that was like the only time left. And we had to get up. We legit got up at like four thirty, five o'clock to do Christmas at my dad's house. And then we'd go up and we'd drive out to Tecumseh, Oklahoma, which is about 40 minutes away from our house. And then we'd have christmas breakfast and i'm telling you as a person who my grandmother who passed away just months ago and did that that also became like at first a big pain in the ass because no teenager wants to get up that early Mm -hmm. i i wish i had more of those in my future because that was a great break from tradition and turned out to be actually one of the best if not my favorite christmas gathering for real was that christmas morning one yeah we were all tired but you yeah, got a stupid. box of candy bars all to yourself every year. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's true too. <laughs> we can maybe save that story for a. <laughs> I'm sure we've told that story before, but. Oh gosh, yeah, that's crazy. Um, so, anyways, I'm saying, reminding you guys and myself, because there's times I still think about it and go, "I'm kind of pissed. I don't get to go get me some Portellos or this or that." Yeah, I'm I'm mad at Jeffro. I'm mad at Jim Luft. But I'm not really mad at them. I'm just mad because where we're going is probably unfamiliar. Well, it's definitely unfamiliar. I've never been there. And, <laughs> and 
And really, if Florida was twelve hours away, I'd probably like like it a lot better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot of it, you know. Being so, two days away, no matter how you slice it, is. Now, with that said, we talked about it. We came back all in one day Sunday. I don't like that anymore. The older I get, the less I hate that. I, I am good for about eight hours in the car, and then I'm done. Yeah. I don't. I I don't give a crap. Now that's just me being old, yeah. probably and fat and tired of riding in the car. But I get it. That's where I'm kind of at on things on traveling. Well, tip, so. like I said, typically it's like a 12-hour drive on Monday. This one was like a 15-hour, so it felt it was a lot longer. Uh, it I wasn't speed fully more in than the Gary. right. It let's wasn't. Let's not get ourselves. I speed more than Gary. One hundred percent. And like I said, it wasn't fully in the car. You know, we stopped a lot. Those four people, we so we had to stop more. You know, we had different meals. So I, I get it, but still my preference. Yeah. In the future, um, we'll see how things go. Do you have anything else? Um, not anything I can think of. I mean, we'll get to shout outs and do that and then go from there. All right. We will be back with some shout outs. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Roxy Hart says goodnight. Alright everyone, Percy the Troll here, and I want to invite you to the West Midland Open on the 3rd of December this year at the Shirley Centre in Shirley near Solihull. If you come along, it's 15 quid and it's three games of Blood Bowl, 1.2 million build, and you can have any stars you like except Griff, Morg, Hack, Flem, or that bomber git. Come along, you'll have lunch, you'll have some fun, roll some dice, and maybe even get some prizes and some swag. It'll be Boston. <laughs> Oftentimes, people will write in telling us how much they enjoy it. These people are called... Shoutouts! Good enough. Cheering fans? <laughs> yep. Is that what you were going for? I, wasn't, I mean, it wasn't really what I was going It was uh, no mod. Shoutout cheering fans! Since we didn't get to see our buddies from 3 Die Block at Chaos Cup. I know. Sad. They, were, they, they said, 
screw this. They knew it was the last one. Rumor is they knew it was the last one, and they're like saying, we hate all we hate all you guys. They no, boycotted it in protest. Kylie, if I would have we if we would just leave that in and cut out the part where I'm saying that's a joke, Drew would be texting me like <laughs> you can tell when he's listening to the podcast. He'd be like, I'm gonna get you. It's like well, well deserved, sir. So yeah, shout outs. Shout out to the whole committee, uh, everyone involved, everyone who helped out. Uh Jeffro, Katie, Mike, Jim Left, Michael Lewis, uh Jack, Sean from Maelstrom. Um, other people like whenever we needed someone to help out, there was someone there helping out. The event, the event ran really well. Um, don't have any major complaints. The venue was great. I'm not just saying that because I got free hot dogs, but it doesn't hurt. Dude, when you get a free wiener in your mouth, you will suck up to anybody. I, I am a sucker for hot dogs. There's no doubt. They're damn good. Steve loves the glizzy. I'll take the glizzies in my mussy. I don't, I'll ask you off air what a mussy no, is. I, I don't know. Let's not. Let's oh, just okay. ignore that. Is that, a, is that a thing? Anyways, moving on. Um, okay. Shout out to everyone that we saw. Oh, I get it. It stands for mouth. Yeah, okay. Mussy. Sure. I got We'll, we'll go with that. Oh, um. Okay. A big shout out to Phil, who's on the mend from his procedure. So congratulations on that. Get better, Phil. Um, I can't go through individually and thank everyone we saw. It was just too many this people. What, this is what I'm going to say. The 160-man tournament really did... 160-person tournament. Person, I'm sorry. <laughs> the 160-player tournament... Coaches. Didn't feel any different than when it was back when we had a lot of people at 92. It no. really, I'm, I'm being honest. I'm, it did not feel like it was overburdened or anything that I saw as a player. Um, so that's good. It could be because I was luck, lucky enough to play on some top tier tables. Yeah. And I was kind of among a certain group of people throughout the event. You didn't I change rooms. Heard, I mean, what's that? You didn't have to change rooms. I didn't have to change. Yeah, I was in two rooms, and then, my first game was in the second room, and then every other event was in the top room. Um, I did not hear, and it could have been just I didn't hear these, but I did not hear stories of people complaining about. Uh, this guy's kind of annoying or this happened and we had a rules conflict and I think this guy cheated me. And I overhear those in years past, not much. So I don't want you to right. think that the no. global community is weird like that. But when you have a lot of games played and under high stress and stuff like that, um, I didn't hear any of that that I can recall to my knowledge. So no, um, everything so ran smoothly. Like I said, it wasn't a huge problem, so it's just nice when things work like they should. So, shout out to all those guys. Jeffro, you did a good job running the events over the, the years. And um, good luck to Jim Luft and his crew, and I'm sure he'll do fine. So, um, And people in years past, all those people who, you know, 20 years in Chicago is pretty crazy, and I guess we got to go to at least half of those during the, the, our time, yeah. which is pretty cool, so... 
uh, it was nice to see some old people running. Former TOs, Katie was there, Johnny was there. Uh, that was awesome. Um, I know guys did other side events and stuff like that. So big shout out to all you people who did side games, board games. Uh, you ran crazy seven tournaments and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to start naming names because I'm going to forget somebody. For the people who brought my kids some ketchup chips and all dress chips, and the gentleman, I believe, who left some chips on our table because I did not see actually can get them by hand from him. I think I knew who Lawrence is. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you guys for bringing the snacks and stuff like yeah. that. We uh, I got my bacon made, crackers and I got some gummy bears. So thank you. I made sure that the kids did not devour them. So I was like, if you open these without my permission. I'm taking your phones away and like we, we grilled hamburgers and stuff and made sure to open the chips together as a family and enjoy them. And some of the kids still took some to school to show their friends what good Canadian ketchup chips taste like. So oh, that's good. So that's kind of cool. Um, I'm thanks for Michael for wearing the, the sailor hat all weekend. Absolutely. He, he is my fe fellow seaman. I have to be careful how to say that. So seaman. <laughs> See, uh, shout out to Brian Glue Sniffer who emailed us talking about California and skills and tournaments down there. A huge shout out to our buddy Moon, actually, from California, who wrote in, talked about how his life is going. And he's also been progressing very well with his issues. And just want to give him a good shout out. And I've already wrote a very nice email to him, but I'm sure he's always going to appreciate that. And to the people that did, you know, I, I know I talked about it seven days ago, 10 days ago, 14 days ago, whatever. Um, for those people that just came up and said, we appreciate your podcast. Thank you. Mm -hmm. It really, really, <laughs> it, it, it helps because like I said, I've repeat, repeated it ad nauseum that, you know, like sometimes you guys think we're helping you out and sometimes you're helping us out. So uh, yeah. we appreciate the thanks and, you know, that's kind of that that kind of drives us to continue to try to do our best even though we're very slack <laughs> in our best and hopefully we'll you know be quicker on the draw and getting these episodes out and we we say that but we do man life is so hectic right now it happens uh, if you're listening to this and you're on your way to Kansas City, I guess I will see you in a few days because um, I'll be there. Jennifer will be there. Uh, Matt Strickland's going and Gary's going. Uh, and even Michael Lewis is traveling in that I know of. The last time I heard, if you're on the fence, there's maybe 40. So I think there's like 20 seats available as the last time I talked to the T.O., um, if you are on the fence, they are doing custom fields that are printed on neoprene. And they look uh, awesome. GW fields. They look very awesome. And uh, the deal the... is, is you're, you're going to get a random one of those. There's like four different ones and you're going to get a random one. And that will encourage you to like, if I got the necro field and you got the, um, maybe the lizard man field, we could trade or whatever. I can't remember the actual fields, but right. Yeah. Um, that's the idea behind that. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I want to say this, and I might make some people mad, and it's not really to make you mad. 
I would say try to support this. And I know people are going to go, why? GW's game died for a while and we kept it alive. And they're being jerks because they're making us use their miniatures and stuff like that. And all I can think of is that little, I think it's a key and key and peel meme where the guy's like, he shoots some dude and he goes, why would he hurt me like that? Or something like that. Oh, no, that's um, Eric Andre show. But yeah, Eric Andre show. What What is the meme? Describe it better. Um, it's basically him shooting something and going, why did that get shot? So right. it's like, you know, the gun is blaming GW for not having events. And then the shooting. When they do have events. We're going to refuse to go. Mm-hmm. Now, I know $75 is a lot. If you told me, you know, I yeah. just can't afford it. Yeah. There's, I can't. I can't we, we, afford we it. it. I mean, I'm at the point that I literally cannot afford it, and it's not even just the the event itself. It's the driving there, and sure, I can't take a day off because I just started a new new job. But so. I highly encourage, like, if you can, let's let's pack it because for some of you people who really are really competitive about this, this might be our chance to show them that we can get people out, and then maybe they'll add this to this this tour thing that goes through America. Um, I guess that'd be just another option for like the really competitive people. Like, honestly, I would say, I don't don't care if it's super competitive because I just like blood bowl. So yeah, I would say if there is a true reason that you're not going shoot James an email and just let him know, not in a dick way, not in like a combative way. Like it's too expensive. How dare you? Blah, blah, blah. Just, like, nicely go, hey, I can't make it. Here's my reasoning why. It's too soon to Chaos Cup or this. And yeah. if he can provide that, inf- you know, even if you don't like GW, if you come back and say, I would love to go, but I refuse to use only GW figures, let him know. If he got a whole bunch of replies with that, that he can go to GW and go, look, we would have sold this out if we allowed non-GW figures. Well, Maybe. That's never going to happen. But for real, Most if people not. go, hey, man, I live 20 miles away, but it's a Halloween weekend. We got Halloween parties, mm-hmm. whatever. Feedback will help him. So, yeah. Anyways, let's just, let's not totally shoot ourselves in the foot on this one. But, no. you know, I get it too. So, I, I'm just as torn as all of y'all. So, um, last thing I want to say, it's another just random tangent. I finally got to read. If you listen to last episode, we had the Amazon stuff where Steve read the the Spike magazine. Mm-hmm. I finally got one. I got to read it. I must say that, like, <laughs> I was told by somebody that it felt like GW doesn't even know what they're doing with these Amazons during playtesting. And I feel like their Spike magazine also says the same thing in what way because through the whole magazine it talks about these these blockers right they're stronger they're gonna open holes up for these players to run through and i'm thinking if these amazons the bigger stronger ones had two agility or i'm sorry four plus agility instead of three plus agility they would mimic the kind of norris teams Mm -hmm. with the you know what I'm saying with Old the Frenner. berserker guy yeah. or old fronters. I'm sorry, old fronter characters, and you wouldn't be so tempted to try to run the ball with them. Yeah, but I 
promise you there's nobody who's not <laughs> going to put sure hands on that blocker or block on that blocker and have a four-strength blodging piece running the ball. You're not wrong. Like It is going into Kansas City. I have two fears. I don't want to face Griff because nobody does because he's a four-strength blodger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I don't want to place Amazons that are going to have four strength blodgers picking up on a, you know, a three plus. Yeah. I'm it. I don't, I don't get it. They didn't want I mean, him to be I, exact. I, I almost went, I almost went so far. I've been thinking about Kansas city so much that is about drove myself insane thinking the only way to counter Griff or these Amazon runners with four strength and <laughs> blodging is to have Griff on my own team. I finally settled that I'm not going to do that, and I'm just going to try to play and see what I can do. But it was thought about, and it's been thought about for about three to four weeks now, and it's even been play tested. So it's very clear in that magazine, even when they give you like the, here's your setup, here's this. I almost wonder, did they play test this with these characters that had maybe four plus agility and at the last second they changed it to three plus because it is very clear that they don't even know what they have yeah it seems like a misprint honestly i mean i i get it you don't want them to be exactly like the old runner because you don't want to have that much of a parallel but well here's the deal the big holdback of um a bull centaur running the ball is it's a little bit harder to pick up the ball. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't, <laughs> that did not keep people from doing it. It still didn't keep people from doing it. So my point is, is if you could get a blodging, uh, Amazon blocker with one skill <laughs> with just one skill, it's a no brainer. It would just be like if that Norse beast, the berserker, <laughs> had three plus <laughs> and they came with block and all you needed was one skill. Cause they have access oh. to agility. You mean Ulf runner? <laughs> Ulf runner. I'm sorry. Yeah. The first primary skill you take is dodge and it's a done deal. Yeah. And then you get up sure hands later. They clearly did not either play test enough or whoever wrote the stuff didn't understand the game or maybe they were told to play in a certain way. But or like I said, it's supposed to be have. two, and it, they just printed three by mistake. Well, they still have time to correct that, but they probably won't because yeah, kind of stuff. The more I feel like we're stubborn. I I do think Amazon's reading everything. I like the magazine very much. Yeah, it had a lot of fluffy stuff. It just, <laughs> it just was like you guys don't even understand what you have. And it was very frustrating. I really, um, at this point, and, and, and you hate the name okay. Boa yeah. Constrictor. Horrible. Why didn't they just name that character B E A U X Bo, last name Constrictor? That still gives you the pun of yeah. Boa Constrictor. And it's more Louisiana based, like the other star. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was never meant to be a. T- a character name they literally said those were boa constrictors 
on the thrower's arms. I don't know. I don't know. There was, for Dude. every fluffy thing that I liked in that magazine, <laughs> there was something else that made me go, why did you do that? That's stupid. Basically, we're saying, GW, get your shit together. And honestly, like I was trying to say, at this point, it is far past the need for them to have an electronic rule book. It needs to be on the website, either free or 20 bucks. You can download it, and they can update the rules in real time. Well, here's like, the I deal, don't, dude. Going to Chaos Cup and people asking questions to where I have to go through four pages of an FAQ to find what's there. Right. And... Then I'm told, no, it's a different FAQ, or they new one came out. It's too much. It's too much well, now. Put out an electronic one. Have they, Don't have the new rules in there for one year. That's fine. Steve, they could do this really easy. They could charge, you know, we know that there's people online who don't want to buy books and stuff. They could... It could be fifty nine ninety nine, and probably morons like me and you would buy the physical copies mm-hmm. and the digital copies. Sure would. They could double dip us, especially if they updated the the digital one. And they could even charge me five dollars every time it updated, once a quarter or something. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. Anyways. Just have it in one spot. People are wanting to get into the game, and I don't even know how to tell them to get into the game now. Well, yeah, you need the twenty twenty. You need the season two rule book. Does that have all the rules? Well, it has enough for you to start. Well, where do I get the rest? Honestly, I don't know anymore. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that either. But <laughs> Amazon's had so much super potential. I still say go out and get the spike. Oh, it's, they're still it's awesome. It's good. They're still awesome. But like, it just hurt going like. You clearly don't play Blood Bowl because there's no way you would even second guess running with this character versus this character. Yeah, you're not wrong. It is crazy. We'll see how it goes. So, all right, enough of that. Oh, um, Um, we did. We should have by now played a commercial for it, but our our favorite troll Percy reached out to us with a little advert about the West Midland Open on December 3rd in Solhall, UK. From Sol the Hall. old Percy's podcast? Mm-hmm. Percy the Troll, yep. Oh, that's cool. So, uh, it should have been played before this, but just in case, there's the info. Awesome. Um, I think that's all I have to say Blood Bowl-wise. Yeah. I'm our... I'm so so glad I finally made myself stop looking at rosters for Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, so next episode we should probably go ahead and have a review of the event. Probably get James back on to talk about the event, uh, its reception, and new Chaos Cup, and then whatever oh, else. So people going to Kansas City, there is a Sevens event that's free. Mm-hmm. It's part of your, your fees. So if you really think of it as, uh, you know, Paying $75 for two tournaments, you can. Um, at this moment, and it might change, <laughs> we were supposed to go Friday night for the meet and greet, but we weren't going to play in the sevens event. At this moment, we're thinking like, why are we driving 30 minutes up there, paying for parking just to say hi, and then jet out of there again to go get something to eat? 
So at this moment, we're not going to, you're not going to see us until Saturday. You got to pay for parking. I believe you would have to. It's, it's hosted at a hotel. And when we went up there for that comic con. Oh, is it the same place? March. Excuse me. Is it the same place? It's not the same place, but I figure they're all the same where you have to pay like, you know, 20, $30 to park per day. So we might not. We're leaning right now of not going up there Friday night. So if you don't see us Friday night, don't panic. You'll see us and all our little smiling faces that morning on Saturday. You can get an Uber, I guess. We're staying far enough away that it's better to drive. Okay. (laughs) Then, yeah, show up Saturday. But really, realistically, if we're just going to walk in, look around, say hi... Go shop. We can do all that on Saturday. So. Yeah. Anyway. But looking forward to it. Ready to get away. Hopefully it'll be fun. But like I said, I think um, after after the event, have an episode on it and we'll talk about it more. Oh, uh, yeah. Hopefully and it goes probably- well. I'll probably bitch and moan the whole time because I do not want to play Old World Alliance. After one season of them, I'm <laughs> so done. But six more games of them. Why not make it a year of 21 games with the same one team? <laughs> I don't know, dude. Okay. Well, we'll let you go and we shall return next month. All right. We'll see you guys. Peace out. You can follow Both Down on Twitter at Both Down. You can follow Scott at Real Scott Prime and Steve at Kilowog2814. If you'd like to email them, the email address is bothdownpodcasts at gmail.com. Or for more information, you can visit them at bothdown.com or at facebook.com forward slash bothdown. Whatever happened to fair dealing and pure ethics and nice manners? Why is it everyone now is a pain in the ass? Whatever happened to class? Class. Whatever happened to please? May I and yes, thank you. How charming Now every son of a bitch Is a snake in the grass Whatever happened to class Class Oh, there ain't no gentleman To open up the doors There ain't no ladies Now there's only pigs and whores Kids will knock you down so say and pass. Nobody's got no class. Whatever happened to old values and fine morals and good breeding? 
says, oops, when they're passing their gas, whatever happened to class? Class. Oh, there ain't no gentleman that's fit for any use, and any girl will touch your privates for a deuce. And even kids will kick your shins and, and give even you kids sass. Will kick your shins and give you sass. Nobody's got no class. All you read about today is rape and theft. Jesus Christ. Shame.